burning down the house. <laughs> oh, for those who have not seen this movie yet, it'll make sense a bit. But uh, <laughs> oh man. Hello, folks. I'm your co-host DJ, and I'm your co-host Will, and this is the Review a New Podcast, the podcast where we typically look back at the filmographers, uh, of the filmographies of the filmographers that we grew up with as fans, and analyze their works as adults. But today we have a special request from me because it's my fucking <laughs> podcast. I'm in control. Me, 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 my, my, my. No. <laughs> it's my show. I make the rules. <laughs> That's right. I mean, you know, I'm taking all these requests from other people, you know, and I was thinking, hmm, let me get a little request in. Let me get something in. And, you know, yeah. I think uh, I requested, a, I did a musical last time, but I want to do like, let me do a blackity, blackity, black movie this time, you know? And I knew nobody had done this one because this was a movie that aired, I think, in like, in the mid 2003. On, yeah, 2003 on Showtime, of all places. And, that um, makes sense. Yeah, and it was a, my, my, I, like, the reason why I remember this movie, because, like, my mom randomly, like, I can't remember what the thing was, but it was just like, hey, it's the black movie, and we're all watching it. <laughs> it was just like, you know, you know how it okay. happens. It's like, here's a black movie that's showing on this channel, and we're going to watch it, because it's like, a black movie. What <laughs> There's Negroes on the telly, mother. Right. There's Negroes <laughs> on the television. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, I remember us, like, watching it, and then having this feeling like, where did this come from? This is this wasn't a movie that was in like theaters. It was just like a TV, but not just like TV, like on ABC. It was like you know, yeah, like Showtime, like cable yeah. channel shit. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I, I feel like people don't talk about those as much. Those kind of got lost to time a little bit, you know? They, they um, really did. HBO had a, had a lot of like interesting yeah. products that I remember growing up. Um, Absolutely, HBO has had, has an interesting relationship oh, yeah. with like black people and black people. <laughs> Very. Very true. I mean, they did kind of get their money on us first. That's kind of like, when you go yeah. back to like all these channels, that's usually kind of what it is. Like Fox, they first got their big fucking push off of like a black audience. And then it was just like, mm -hmm. all right, now we got our white audience. We, we don't need that shit. <laughs> yeah, H HBO has, uh, like when I think about it growing up, uh, actually, you know, it, with, with my dad is the, the place I could watch it at. It had an interesting relationship with black community because we got... Let's see. Well, we had Def Jam, Def Comedy Jam, Chris Rock's uh -huh. specials. They had yes. a couple and different... And his, his show, right? Like his, yeah, his, yeah, his he, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think Chris Rock's show was on it. He had he did a couple HBO specials. And then you jump forward and you had... Because The Wire was HBO, wasn't it? It too? was HBO. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, HBO has weirdly enough been like this premium service for like black entertainment that no one really discusses. So when you mentioned yeah. that this this aired on uh, what was it Showtime? But that that explains a couple things with I'm like how did they get away with saying that or how did they get away with doing that? Right. I'm like this, when you when I saw it was like a made for TV. I'm like, what? I'm like like ABC. Which TV? And, yeah, <laughs> which channel? Like this isn't BET because it's not my brother. Like. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I wanted to I, I wanted to uh, pick this movie, Good Fences, uh, in mm -hmm. case people are trying to remember, figure out what the movie is. I was like, wait, did we say the title yet? <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we we should let them know what the movie is called and how how they can apparently find it on YouTube because that's why. Yes, I you it. can find it on YouTube. It was available there. Yeah, yeah. You, you'll notice the poster. It has uh, Danny Glover and Whoopi Goldberg in the sort of American Gothic uh, yes. farmer sort of pose, <laughs> which is kind of cool. Um, right. And I, I thought it was very interesting at first because, like, just watching it, it was like, huh, it's interesting. Like. You know, I think especially just because it's set in the 70s and there's a lot of 70s television. Like, mm -hmm. I was thinking about it first and like, wow, this feels 
reminds me of like the general narrative of a 70s black tv show about black people moving into you know the white neighborhoods right like wasn't that like a lot of tv shows you know what i mean yeah like, it's it you know i almost said moving on up uh, i meant uh, <laughs> uh uh good yeah, times yeah. the jeffersons the jeffersons um, um I, the, you could also count uh you know the movies with uh, uh i mean uh, the shows with young kids young black kids in white neighborhoods right like uh the show with emmanuel lewis it was such a trope that like the point part of fresh prince is one it's like based off one of the producers but two it's like it kind of lampoons yeah. it it was so common right um is it's yeah that these rich people are actually black people this time you know yeah and and here's this black person from the hood hanging out with these black people in the in the nice neighborhood and like mm -hmm. it, it yeah it's not richness immediately associated with whiteness yeah yeah which it's there's definitely a conversation there about i'd say the black community's relationship with like perception of capitalism it's almost like a black equivalent of a pull yourselves up by your bootstraps narrative by trying to normalize this mm. image of black affluency but mm. but I, I think depending on where you take it and i think i guess good fences would be an interesting lens from because like yes. like family matters versus fresh prince versus this are three wildly different interpretations and oddly enough <laughs> good fences is probably like the most realistic like family matters is it's too idealistic fresh yeah. prince has moments um i still think they're both you know good shows in their own right yeah, fresh prince is probably like, like the best of them all when it comes to that yeah. sort of like yeah having that dialogue and the interplay and making it fun you know yeah um Going to this, going to this, yeah, good fences. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I said, like it felt like, like my brain kind of felt like, like we're watching a '70s TV show, but it, and it's funny, like it's literally a TV movie, but it's literally about <laughs> like the very, very like pushing up in your face the reality of of uh, uh, you know black people in a white neighborhood. And what I like about it too is like it doesn't necessarily like push your face in it. It, it, it like it does no. have a, like a, a sense of. Like there's a subtlety to it, and there like you like you get the reason why this was made because to discuss specifically these situations in a way that would not be yeah worked out in the typical TV drama show that they wouldn't allow in the '70s, right? Like these are conversations right. they would not have, you know, uh, allowed to be shown to this, uh, you know, blazingly real degree. I'm trying to I'm trying to come with like searingly real how the yeah, fucking like, dialogue the, the, plays out. The weird thing is if we're at least just like starting with, with the, the core family, um, mm. where it starts and where it ends, it's kind of a tragedy. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, like when you take into like the evolution of every character is, if we're talking about like this family is all kind of detrimental. Well, I would say the only one that kind of like mentally cut, like Whoopi Goldberg, Go Mabel Mabel like, comes out the best, but like where you yeah. see where where everyone kind of ends up, I'm like, oh, I'm like there's there's a little bit of optimism, but it's definitely kind of a oh, yikes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm like we'll I'm like you could, the, yeah, and we'll 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 get into it with like further details because there's like really specific things, especially like near the end. There was like one thing I'm mm -hmm. like I'm like you could spend an hour 
unpacking this. Yeah. And it's like uh, five thing, seconds. Yeah. And the first thing I want to say is, like, first of all, Ernest Dickerson uh, directed this. He is the cinematographer yes. for a lot of Spike Lee movies, which is freaking awesome. Which, uh, I mean, Spike Lee's production company was the distributor, yes. 40 Acres and a Mule Filmworks. Yes, that's, so. that's what I saw. I, and it, w- it was actually Danny Glover and Whoopi Goldberg that... Uh, I believe were executive producers and you know putting together the funds to make this movie. Yeah, and yeah. I particularly remember Danny Glover like talking about like basically making a big deal about the fact of wanting to make like you know black movies, movies that center black narratives. And I remember hearing that sort of like like for the longest time he wanted to make a Toussaint Louverture movie. And mm-hmm. uh, for the longest time, I remember like the you know the story being kind of taken in Hollywood is that it's like oh we're not gonna do the Tucson Virtue movie. Where's the white guy who swoops in and helps save the day to you know let the white audience know that they're not evil? You know like right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, right. like, and that's why he couldn't get it made. It's like well the narrative didn't allow for that, so I wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, and, and wow, I'm I'm looking at a Ernest dickerson's page i didn't realize how much insane stuff that he's done like yeah uh, he's done a lot of stuff and, and it's not he's done like, a, lot a lot of, of TV. varied weird shit yeah <laughs> yeah like it like from house of cards to the purge to dexter yeah <laughs> to he, he the walking dead Hollywood. stargate universe like uh, but of his of his movies that i actually know god he's done uh man yeah he did malcolm x jungle fever uh, as a cinematographer, I mean, you know, direct film directors. I've oh, he was he, oh, he, did, he was he a director of Juice. Yes, yes, he directed Juice. Yes, yes, he directed Juice. He also directed Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight. <laughs> yes, because there's no, when you're a director, there's no rules. Um, and you know what I think about it is when I watch this movie, like there's a sense of like it's not like a, a you know fantastic like incredible blowing your mind movie with how it like with what the narrative is, because it is very, like, down-home with how it kind of plays out in a very, like, you know, getting the slice of life of these people's lives. But, like, the cinematography of this movie is fucking incredible. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I think think the cinematography is pretty good. Um, Yeah. There's a lot of good, like, lighting moments, but they're, they're, like, indicative of trauma. There's, oh, there's one scene that we'll get to later, which I'm like, this is literally straight out of theater, (laughs) the way it was (laughs) handled. Um, It's, it's... Closer to the end. Yeah, Yeah, but I'm just, I'm like, this is fucking theater. Like, this is literally straight up from a theater. Uh, So, and now, now, I want to say this though, right? So, when I chose this movie, I did not think that it dealt with uh, the issues of race so, like, frequently with how the movie played out. Like, when I first watched the movie a long time ago, and like, you know, what was I, like, I don't know, 10 or 11, and didn't really have Mm -hmm. a lot of the context for this stuff, it just kind of felt like, oh, yeah, here's the thing playing out, and black people being here and there, and every now and then the thing of race comes out of it. It's like, but no, like, this ass, like, this movie dips your ass in the reality of what this black family is going through on every facet, and it's kind of fucking incredible. Like, in that way that feels like, oh, my God, I'm getting the satisfaction that I didn't get from all of those TV shows, right? Like, you know what I mean? Um, and, and I think kind of what you're what you're touching on is is because it's not just general white man bad don't right. be racist racism no 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 there's a yeah. lot of like there's a lot of very very specific things that informs how each member of the family reacts to yeah. the racism and and yeah. like how it impacts them like and, and I think Tom is the most fascinating character despite being basically the antagonist. <laughs> 
Yeah, he he kind of is, but it's like it's one of those things where when you get the context to it, it, mm-hmm. it like it clicks. Um, right, like it's, and it's like it doesn't make it right, okay, but it explains. But yeah, it. <laughs> right. Uh, so just starting off with the beginning, right? Like it, like right. like watching this at the beginning and how it just like immediately made you start thinking about the reality of the of the, what these people are going through, mm-hmm. like. Because the very first scene is, oh, you know, the uh, the kids and and the mom are out back, you know, uh, uh, you know, like cooking some food, you know, everybody's mm-hmm. outside playing and stuff like that, waiting for dad to come home. And then he comes home and he's got a new car, and you're like, whoa, whoa, all right, he's coming back with a new car, like, oh, and it's like uh, specifically because he, yeah, yeah, exactly, because uh, he's uh, he's taking this case that's like you know a big fucking deal is gonna get him get him some income coming in and. Like I said, first, I'm watching this, I, I didn't think twice about it. It's like, okay, you know, you got a good case. Black man moving on up. You know what I'm saying? This is R- what it is. Right, right. And then the first thing you hear about it, he's like, oh, yeah, let's, t- you know, turn on the TV. I want to see, you know, my face on TV. This is going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah, da, da, da. And, like, you don't get everything, but you get, like, certain words that are just like, oh, wait a minute. Whoa, that's that's not great. <laughs> like, okay, but they so. they said my name. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And the only thing you think about, like, oh my god, you know, these white people had to respect me. Look at that. That's the thing that I think is fascinating. Like, Tom's relationship with, like, the movie explores racism from white people, but it also explores, like, you know, internalized racism in a very yeah. interesting way, in a very realistic way that I think is so cool how it plays out. So, uh, yeah, first of all, I just want to give props, though, to Whoopi Goldberg and Danny Glover. I think they just oh have, Oh my like, god. They have incredible presences, and they have such great voices. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, like I, I, and I, I, had, I was taking notes while I was watching it, and you know, like my first note was just, "It's nice seeing a happy black couple." And then the next right? one is, "Whoopi manages to be captivating even while passive. She wasn't even yes. doing shit, and she had yeah. my full attention." You're so right, and also she just has such a like. You just want to look at her. She has such a cool look, especially with the glasses. You know, she looks yeah. like, like, like uh, and her voice. Like, she is the cool motherfucker that you hang out with. and sm- She's the cool auntie that you smoke some pot with and talk the real shit about. And, you know and what she, I mean? She, and, like, even them as a couple, if I look at the cover and knowing their careers, I'm like, I wouldn't believe that. But the minute I watch the movie, I'm like, no, this, it's like, I noted it as striking yet perfect. Right, right. Like um, it was, it was weird because I'm like they, I'm like no, they actually work extremely well together, yeah. especially in this context. Yeah, and, and I have noticed that like uh, Whoopi Goldberg, like I mean, I don't think she's in that many movies, at least not like comedically, at not, least even more not, so. Not that I can I've think seen. of. It's uh, like <laughs> Sister Act and that one with the dinosaur. But but specifically to that point, like I was thinking, like she's not in a lot of movies where she's in a relationship with someone. Like I noticed that. Yeah. Like, yeah, huh. like, like watching this movie, it made me think about that, like, huh. And, you know, I'm fairly sure it has something to do with racism. Uh, you know, I'm, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Some, something, something the misogyny, something racism. Woman. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, but, yeah, that was also, like, a part of it. So it was just kind of like that, hey, yeah. But, of course, like, she's as cool as she would be a cat. She's awesome. <laughs> like, you know. Right. Um, and, I mean, and, the, and, and well, I guess as we're going through the plot, this... I don't know if this is jumping ahead too much, but there's there's a sex scene that occurs. And it was like oh, something different. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. What, what I put for that was like, whoever shot this sex scene, that shit's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Just like... Um, yeah. I need, I need two presents. Give me two. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, so let's, let's get to the plot. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, so basically at the beginning, yeah, uh, dad, Tom, turns on the TV, and he's like... Um, 
you know, it's like, yeah, check this out. You know, I'm on TV and, you know, like, uh, and, you know, he's like, ha, look at this client, you know, feeling awkward because he knows he needs help from a black man. Ha ha. You know, it's that sort of like triumphant, like, yeah, I'm making waves in the industry and I'm on TV. And, and it's funny mm-hmm. when you see like the client, like uh, uh, Danny Glover's got like his arms around the client and he's just like, you know, he's this white guy who looks very kind of like uncomfortable and he's like looking at him and right. just like, it's like my client, you know, did, did what he needed to do in self-defense and da 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 and, and I'm thinking like, wait, so, like I had to rewind the scene a couple of times because I was like, wait, something about acting in self-defense? But then it's just like a fire was started and I was like, who starts a fire in self-defense? <laughs> like, you know, Damn, I'm like, I didn't catch that. Yeah, I was like, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, like, so there's this blaze that had happened that his mm-hmm. client is uh, uh, being accused of doing and he's defending him against. And, um... Then you hear like kind of like a little bit more of the story play out. He's like, "Oh yes, the landlord admits to setting the fire that sent two black teens to a hospital." Um, and uh, yeah. yeah, and it's like you're just like, "What? <laughs> like sent two black teens? Wait, hold on a second. <laughs> like, because you know, like right off the rip, right? You're like, "Oh yeah, black men moving on up, getting some money in the industry by doing what now? Defending this white dude against." Dude, oh, what was it? Doctor Umar says, "Why do you need white man's validation? <laughs> don't don't bring Umar David in it, and don't even respect him with the doctor title." I I don't. I really with don't. Cheap ass, uh, three sixty uh, uh, fucking uh, quality oh, yeah. video he put out trying to promote Jesus. his fucking college. His but fucking... but but like really though, in the in paralleling that to the movie, it's like Danny Danny Glover's character Tom. Mm-hmm. seeking uh, wow i just realized uncle tom i'm ignorant yep. as shit uh, <laughs> jesus christ uh, but um yeah it, it's like that's the first kind of inkling of him seeking like that white like, validation even if it and, means and, sacrificing yeah. black wellness unless it's his family and even still uh, right it, it, like it, and to pinpoint it even more like the the individualization of like your blackness, right? Like, as mm. long as I'm getting by, that's what matters. You know what I yes. mean? Like, this this is how black people get ahead by pulling up their bootstraps and, like, you know, if those, if those you know, uh, uh, rowdy Negroes uh, uh, w- want to get a piece of pie, then they got to pull their bootstraps up, too. You know, like, that's kind of how yeah. he, you know, operates as a person, you know? This is what I wrote. It's, like, it's interesting because his anger comes from anger at how white people treated him. But in trying to buck back against the white people by proving himself, he turns against black people with the logic yes. of you're being the niggers that we think that they think we are. So we have to deny those types of people because they drag us back, you know? Yeah. Like that, that's kind of what his mentality is. But, the, you know, the immediate next stage to that to think is, is like, but they're going to hate y'all either way. So who gives a fuck? And, and <laughs> like, I think that's the that's the thing from the, the trauma that mm-hmm. doesn't fully kind of click with with tom it's like oh if almost like if i acted different i wouldn't have experienced what i did so it's like like the the better the better black i am the more the the more likely they are to leave me alone it's like no no that's not how it works that that talented tense mentality right yeah yeah if i if i tap the hardest and clean my shoes the most, they're not gonna, you know, they're not gonna mess with me. It's like, nope, 
not how it works. <laughs> Actually, now that I think about it, it's basically the Bill Cosby uh, mode of thinking. <laughs> if you pull the pants up, and you're blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. No, oh, but, Bill but Cosby it... telling the black kids to pull the pants up. Well, maybe he should have kept his pants up. <laughs> exactly. It, it, and, it, and it carries through. It carries through and like intensifies. It's a, mm-hmm. it, much like the fire, it's a slow burn. So. <laughs> um. um. But yeah, so as like first of all, we get that like bit of a bombshell, and you know, Whoopi right. Goldberg is kind of like none too happy about that. She's like, um, what's going on? Like, wait a minute, what are the specifics of this case? You know, and um, and you know, she's starting to ask questions because she you mm-hmm. know feels uncomfortable about this, and he's going like, okay, look, this is what I do, this is what I've been trained to do, Mabel. Everyone else is moving up, and this is my job. It's what I've been trained to do. Putting my client in jail ain't gonna help those black boys heal either way. So let's get our money and get up out of here. That's basically his, uh, you know, mentality on the situation. Right. Which it's like that thing. It's like, it's the way that you word it in the sort of way where you're like, hey, what? Putting this white dude in jail? Hey, it's not going to help those black kids get, you know, it's not going to, you know? So why not mm-hmm. just get what I can when I'm working, you know, as a cog within this part of the machine? Why the fuck not? You know what I mean? Um, yeah, and, let me, and now let me this get this is, white bag. Yeah, yeah. And this is when they're still kind of, this is 72, when they're still kind of like, uh, you know, at, yeah. in, a, in a smaller place. You, you can kind of see when they're like watching TV, how kind of like small and cramped the the places that they're living at. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there comes a point, like right after he has that conversation with Mabel, uh, he is at his desk sort of awaiting a phone call about the case. And he picks up the phone. And I thought he was getting death threats and shit like that from white people. That's what I thought it was at first. Like, who is this Negro think he is? That sort of thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But then there was that one part where you hear him say, like, the, the person on the other end of the line, you can't really hear him a lot, but there's, like, one or two things you have to really listen in to say, uh, to hear him saying. Uh. And there's one part where you hear him say, like, something about da-da-da-da, our people, da-da-da. And Danny interrupts him. He says, like, whoa, don't talk to me about our people. Our people know the difference between right and wrong and, and are proud of the few of us in a position of responsibility. That's what he says, yeah. Uh, okay, pra- okay. Right. That, that clarifies, because I, I have a note here talking about, you know, death threats, oh, shit, is real. But I don't think I picked up uh, from the other end of the dialogue, that it was a member of the community that was upset. Yeah. Understandably so. Right, okay, right. So this and and that's what, yeah, subtext. that's what makes the our people make sense. You're like, wait, why, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, so he said our people, I'm just like, to a white guy? Yeah, and uh, and then he ends with the phrase that, like, especially, like, made me go like, what? Where he was like, uh, you know, our people, you know, are proud of the few of us in a position of responsibility. Your people are obviously ignorant chimpanzees still swinging from the trees. And he, like, clamps the phone down. And it's I just do like, remember that. holy shit. Like, we ain't even that's yeah, like the racism jumped out. <laughs> like the internalized racism fucking jumped out. <laughs> look at the coon. Yeah, Don't exactly. You look at that coon. <laughs> oh my lord. And I was like, whoa. Um and then of course you hear another bit of dialogue because the uh you know, um Mabel and some of her friends gather together mm-hmm. to watch some sort of soap opera or something like that. And um Those are the cute Latina moments. uh lady uh, get her, her son like knocks on the door and just, you know, she's saying like, Hey, come uh, dad says, come home now. Uh, she said that bastard got that racist bastard off. And it's like, <laughs> and again, it's like, it's not directly like if you aren't paying attention, that could just be about anything really. Right. Like, yeah. you know, if you're not thinking about it, you know, um, but and that's context, what I mean about like, yeah, the dialogue of this movie is like, you can miss it if you're not paying attention wow. for a lot of it. Okay, you know? yeah, because I'm realizing that I missed it when I was watching it. It's it's little <laughs> things. 
Um, yeah, we, yeah. We'll, we'll, we have to talk about the the writers of this at the end because I think that's what makes it. That's what makes this a lot more evident. But mm. um, so go ahead. So yeah, point yeah. it out. I, he got yeah, he wanna, got the white. I want to talk free. about it now because I don't want to forget it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because I think it, it plays a big role in a lot of other elements that in a lot of the subtext that goes into the film. Uh, I with, got you, with Trey Ellis oh. as one of the writers. Because I think there's there's an interesting mm. thing that needs to be said about uh his other work relevant as commentary on his observations of the black community that i think Mm. have a strong tie into a lot of the awareness that goes into like how how the main four members of the family kind of develop and Mm. respond to racism yeah uh, so it cuts to next like so like yeah every time he uh gets a sort of like you know that sort of feeling of something that reminds him of a certain past you see a sort of like red tint just kind of go on his face, and yeah. at first, it, it like it doesn't make sense. It's just kind of like you know he he's uh, I think when he sees his face his face on TV and kind of seeing it, it roll out, that's the first time you kind of see the red tint, and it's kind of like it seems kind of weirdly overblown. You're like, where's this coming from? You know, mm-hmm. um, but then uh, they have there's a dream flashback of him at a spelling bee. And uh, yeah. this white kid is spelling the word quizzical, and he misses a Z. And you know the uh, oh, all things. It, it, it cuts over to Tom as as a as a young man, and he just looks like the most like fucking you know uh, puffed out chest sort of like yep. <laughs> he spelled it wrong, and now it's time for me to spell it. And he's like Q I Z Z Z I Z A O quizzical, <laughs> and like you this, silly bitch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, but then it like it, it didn't like smash cuts to like water and like red and like something happening mm-hmm. and you know it's kind of like a dream you know it's clear that it's a dream sequence and he like you know is sweating bullets in his sleep and you know uh, Mabel tells him like calm down it's a dream it's not happening anymore it's not happening you know um, and what I what I really do love uh, speaking to the cinematography again I, I mm-hmm. love the flashbacks that they do in this movie where they're like at first it seems like they're in black and white. But it's really not actually black and white. It's that like desaturated color thing where like stronger colors come through, like like like, like the uh, bright red strawberries at one point. But like it, it seems black and white if you're just kind of like you know not really paying attention to, like to the whole scene at, at certain mm-hmm. points. You know what I mean? And m- maybe it's uh, a sort of commentary on how you know we think things are black and white, but maybe they're a uh, uh, deeper shade going on there. Um, <laughs> very very good uh, uh, film language there. <laughs> um, right. But yeah, and I do have to say this though, like the the flashbacks with the teen actors of uh, uh, Whoopi and Danny Glover, I don't think they're as good, and the... like it it kind of like calls like it makes my like it makes my brain disconnect because like Danny and Whoopi are such strong presences as characters, right? So that when it cuts back to them, like at first my brain didn't even connect that it was supposed to be them, you, you know? know which like, which what tripped me out is my. My logic had to adjust because there is another guy who shows right, up first, first, and I'm like, yeah, "Is yeah. that supposed to be Danny Glover?" And yeah. th- but then then Tom shows up, and I'm like, "Okay, you you know the weirdest thing he, that like, it reminded off me of chicken truck or something." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and fucking cold clocks the other dude. Yeah, it's like, it's like my dad is truck. going here about this. Yeah, like the car rolls by and you just see a bunch of chicken feathers come off and he's just like standing there and you see like, they kind of do like a sort of like, you know, the moment where she falls in love with him. So you kind of like see it's kind of like, you know, looks really like nice the way it's framed as it like closes Mm -hmm. in on him. And then, yeah, like the other dude starts talking shit. Who was it? Pea Pie or something? Whoever the fuck it was. 
something like that. He he shows up. He, I don't. Now that I think about, it, I don't know why he was included. He didn't have that yeah. much of an impact on the I plot. Just, he he shows up later on in, in a way that yeah. threw me off. I was like, oh, oh, okay. Which like again, it's like he doesn't do anything important, but he speaks to like he adds to the the atmosphere of what's going on with yeah. black people at the time, and we'll yeah. get to it in a second. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, with the flashback of all things that it reminded me of. Empire has a lot of flashbacks in it. For some reason, it made me think of that. Just because you always kind of do that thing of trying to figure out, it's like, why did they pick this actor to represent this character? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying to figure out if they can match the editor. And like you said, you know, Whoopi Goldberg and Danny Glover are such specific talents. <laughs> yeah, specific types. <laughs> yeah, the, so it's like, it's it's kind of a hard thing to do especially for a flashback that, that i mean i think the first thing is it, it gives a little bit of backstory to mabel because um mm-hmm. kind of i guess her parents not really seeing her as desirable yeah yeah they're like oh you know she's a i can't remember what they had exactly I think said they were essentially saying that she was going to be alone um yeah and they were trying to you know, an set old her maid up. basically yeah and trying to set her up with the uh peepaw um, yeah there goes my Mabel, and I'm like, <laughs> oh god. Um, but but then it cuts back to you know we we get them. Uh, you know I think it cuts to like a year later because you yes. know, he, he's gotten some cases. He's he's getting some. He's stacking his bread up, and oh wow, we get to move into this nice neighborhood. It and was so it was so nice. I I don't know what it was. Yes, I do. Just watching like <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg be happy brought me peace. Oh my God! Yes, when she just like goes into the house and she, she just, just walks like, around, I'm like, what? A, I'm like, what a nice like, striking enjoy image. Enjoy that. Enjoy that, Whoopi. You deserve it. <laughs> yeah, it just it's like I don't know. It's like this is because like especially because it was in, it was completely white. Um. Yes. Which, yes. Uh, which what? Now that I think about it, that's also a metaphor. But um, <laughs> in fact, I think even when she goes to the store, there's like. There's, like, paper towels lining one place, and then, like, Clorox bleach lining another place. Like, there's little, like, things wow. in there, which is, like, they're trying to say, like, oh, this is, like, white, white neighbor. <laughs> yeah. So, and, like, the house is, the house is super, like, eggshell around her. So, all you see is, is Whoopi running around and, like, enjoying her house as she should because there's no furniture in it. Um, but yeah. it's, like, it's completely barren, but it's, like, for her, it's, like, this represents new opportunity but right. in, I guess, kind of the film language of what it might have been trying to convey is just like, you've now, you're literally surrounded by whiteness. Yeah, and now yeah. that's kind of your identity. Um, and, and then it and, it literally goes from like film narrative to external in like yeah. two minutes. <laughs> just yeah, as because, soon as the neighbor shows up. Yeah, and, and you uh, meet this, this one woman who she's got like uh, the curly, I think sort of red hair. And she's got her kid with her. And she's like, well, we yeah. just wanted to say hello and, you know, greet you into the neighborhood. And it's that thing. Like, she's doing yep. a certain where it's like, she is not, you know how, like, there's a certain way you can play this, right? You can either play, like, she's being the nicest person ever, or you can play, like, she's obviously, like, mm, looking for what's wrong with you. But she doesn't, she plays in the middle, where it's like, she's yeah. being nice and all that sort of stuff. And then, like, Whoopi offers her hand, and, like, she takes that extra second. And it's just yeah, like. There's, there's that pause. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I can shake a Negro's hand. Right. <laughs> and it's like, but, like. Everything that she was, like, the cadence and way she was talking beforehand didn't make her seem like she was that person. You know, it seemed like she was like, mm-hmm. oh, she's just trying to say hey to the neighbors, right? Like, someone new moving in. It's like, uh, oh. <laughs> you know, that extra second. And, yep. oh, my God, what was that point where um, 
They're having dinner for the first time. Oh in wait, wait, the house. wait. It, wait, was this? Did the did the scene with the? Yeah, this was the same scene. I think when they were moving in, because she was. It was the the subtext part of her talking to Whoopi about like, oh well, it's like, let me know when the family gets here. I'd love yeah. to meet them, and that was the bit. I'm like, yeah, and Whoopi knew. Because of the way that she was responding, was like very, very strategic. Um, just because of her being like, I know this bitch doesn't realize that I'm the one that's moving into this house. I'm just going to let her figure out and have to deal with that all on her own rather than going, oh, this is my house. She's like, I want to enjoy my new house, so I'll just let her think that I'm the help. When really, I have to hire the help when I get right. it. Right. So, yeah, they move to the, like, the dinner scene happens, and I, like... It, it, yeah, they haven't gotten furniture yet, so they're just kind of sitting on the floor. Right. And, oh my god, again, Tom's just, like, phobias just kind of, like, jump out. Like, uh, you know, they're Did talking you say like, they oh. couldn't eat with chopsticks or something like that? What? No, they were eating. Like, he was eating, like, they. he was trying to make them eat with chopsticks. Because the idea is, like, well, we're sophisticated now. And, you know, like, sushi is, you know, the, the thing that, like, the upper class mm-hmm. white people eat. So, you know, we got to eat that, too. And we got to eat like that. You know what I'm saying? He's trying to, like, right. do all this sort of, like... Hey, this is how we live now. You know, we we're in the upper echelon. We're getting there, right? Um, and at one point, he says, "Like, oh, you know, there's no Luisa Rodriguez is around here. There's not even any Jews around here." I was like, "Whoa!" I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> like, what right. the fuck is this? Like, there ain't even no Jews around here. Yeah, I was like, "Holy fuck!" Um, and then, yeah, the conversation just with him going like, "And we're gonna, uh, you know, take you to the Episcopal Church uh, this Sunday." She was like, "Sweetie, we're we're Baptists." And it's like, well, I mean, you know, look, it's all the same God anyway. You said so yourself. So, you know, it shouldn't even matter. Right. You know, like. <laughs> like, now you're getting to, like, uh, a minor aspect of, like, cultural values, too. Um, mm. Yeah. So, especially if you're looking at it from, like, a relationship perspective. But it's. It, just <laughs> just yeah. think about it. It's like I mean, the way he's trying to justify his right. internalized racism by being like, I mean, well, you know, it's the same God, baby. You know? And I'm just yeah, like, it's just, like, uh, Oh, uh, that's uh, the uh, time uh, you want to use that excuse. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You, <laughs> you can be all progressive sounding when, when it, uh, you know, uh, means that we're, we're going to fucking, uh, uh assimilate, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, right. Oh, and that was the thing. Yes. That woman specifically who first greets her, right. Yes. She comes with her kid, and, you, you know, to see the kid's kind of like, you know, just kind of sitting like, you know, just being a kid. Yeah, um, kid's a kid. And, yeah, yeah. And, you know, she's the main one where she's like, oh, she's so suspicious of these neighbors and all this sort of stuff. And, you know, like, not suspicious, but just kind of like, mm, I'm the first one to greet. Mm, you know, nosy. What's going on over here? And then, right. you being a little judgy, ooh, you know? And then, white like, people, the, white women trying to know shit. Right, right. The first person coming over, trying to peek over, mm, how imperfect is your place, you know? And then, later on that night, um, it cuts to them in bed, Mabel and Tom, and mm-hmm. you hear, like, some commotion going on, like, uh, uh, in the next-door neighbor's place, which is like, oh, yeah, that would that would be her house, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the woman who just met her. And you're just hearing all these things being thrown and just, like, shouting and screaming, and you're going like, what? what is going on? It's like, is there, and like Mabel kind of goes like, Oh, should we, should we do something? We should call the police. Like this sounds insane. And you know, Tom is just kind of like, uh, you know, letting it, you know, uh, letting it go. He's like, Oh, you know, if calling the police would have helped one of the neighbors would have done it years ago. So let's just not think about it. And then, you know, that, that's sort of just like dismissing it, you know? Um, and then as the movie goes on, like there's part, there's uh, scenes where they have like, 
you know, uh, uh, tea time with friends because, you know, all the all the wives that are in this nice neighborhood don't have jobs, right? So, hey, yep. they, you know, commiserate and hang out in the middle of the day sometimes. You know, they have little, little tea parties and whatnot. Um, yeah. And every time they hang out, it keeps, like, cutting to that woman who either has, like, a black eye or, like, a scar on her arm or something like that that she's either, like, covering up or just kind of going, like, oh, yeah, yeah. And Mabel seems to be the only one who notices it and just kind of, like, accidentally has that, like, connecting moment where she's kind of, like, pulling her sleeve down and then kind of looks up at Mabel. Yeah, and she's yeah, like, oh, I do remember that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, of course, we see the, the kids sort of uh, getting acclimated to school. And, of course, the first oh. thing... Can we talk about the school? Oh my god! Oh my god! That was. Do you know that black person? Do you know this black person? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah, He's just sitting there like he's, yeah, like he's sitting there like he's at a fucking like like he's making a speech, you know, (laughs) like like they're all just sitting there around him like. So do you know this black person? How well do you know this black person? He's like, no, I don't know. uh, uh, I don't know Rich Little, but I do know this person. (laughs) The the note I Um, literally put down was like the black kids at school is stressful the one that got me was uh the daughter sitting there and it's like can i touch your hair sure rubbing her hands all in the shit i'm like ah Uh, ah." like all my 2021 blacks like right right but (laughs) again no no yeah (laughs) but if you but if you take it back right it's just like okay i'm the only black person here i don't want to be the ass you know i don't want to be a bitch you know let me be you don't want to be the weirdo and hey, you know, you guys are talking to me. You want to check out my, you know, baseball card collection and like that. You know, like hey, whatever. Like I'm cool with it. You know, it's that sort of like just accommodating because well, I'm making friends, so yeah. Let me oh, not. Man. Let me not Stor- make waves, right? Stor- Stormy's narrative almost feels like an entirely separate podcast, but we'll, we'll yeah, get into that I, as we keep going to the movie. And honestly, cause... I do feel like she is the most underserved character in the there's, in the movie. There's an entire separate storyline with her. That I'm just like I ah my god, <laughs> Jesus! Like things like, come uh, up randomly, and it's kind of like, huh? And, and you know, you know what her thing is though? It, it's like with her as the movie progresses, it's sort of this thing of like you know, uh, as it is with the boy with the boy as well, right? It's like oh yeah. stuff in the past it doesn't matter. We're living in the new age. Come on, that stuff is you know that's past is a dinosaur stuff. But like nope. everything around them in society is like kind of reminding them that no, it's not. You know, right. yes, it is still relevant. You know, so Whoopi goes to the grocery store and she's like the only other black woman there looks to be someone who's wearing like a maid outfit, basically. And mm-hmm. so she like you know walks back to them and they kind of just have that like looking at each other moment of just kind of like oh we're the that's the other black person and uh, <laughs> right uh, and uh, there's this one white kid this one like like you know five-year-old or three-year-old or something like that who's like just making faces at her for some reason and it's one of those things Mm -hmm. where you're just like okay are they just being a kid or is that why is that kid making faces at me specifically it's like that sort of thing starts kind of starts cropping up in your brain you know and um (laughs) are they racist at three (laughs) yeah (laughs) and then uh so she goes up to the meat counter to uh get the meat from the what the boulangerie or, or whoever the meat what's the meat place called uh, a butcher like yeah yeah desk? she goes up to the butcher yeah, yeah yeah and you know she's about like there's one person before her and she's like waiting and then she's like kind of like steps up and then another woman just kind of like walks in in front of her another white woman just walks in front of her and just goes like yes uh, uh you know benny the butcher i'd like to get my dinner benny the butcher but you know <laughs> benny the butcher <laughs> i'm like i'm gonna let him have that one <laughs> But you know, yeah, he comes up to the butcher. He's like, "Yes, can I get this and that?" And like, Whoopi kind of stops. He's like, "Uh, I thought it was pretty obvious that I was next." But, okay. 
okay. And, you know, yep. so, you know, whatever. And then she's got getting into their car and, like, a white uh, um, uh, bag boy kind of helps her with the stuff and she, like, tips him with a five. And she's like, ma'am, this, this is a five. This and is a five. Like, never mind. She's like, and whatever, like, keep it. Yeah, and I think it's a sort of, like, small moment of being like, here's this white guy who didn't make a big fucking deal about it and just helped me, so here, just take the five, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Um, and then, oh my god, <laughs> I just wrote down the next line, dude, the anti-Semitism is just, yo! <laughs> like, so, <laughs> the, 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 the white, uh, the white, uh, uh, the white women, you know, the white uh, housewives come over to hang out with Whoopi, and they're, you know, coming in, taking oh. in the whole scenery. Yeah. Like, oh my god, I like what you did with the place. I was here when the uh, Rothbergs were still here. Oh, this is much more sophisticated. I was like, oh! Oh. <laughs> like, like, see, it, and what I was paying attention to. The anti-Semitism and just the way her voice kind of like damn. went low. Like the, it's, the see, what I was paying attention to was, was the framing of it because like the way that Whoopi is angled and shot right, is right, so, dude. it's literally separate yeah, from and, the rest of them. I feel like that happens a lot too. Like I noticed this specifically yeah. in this scene because it's a lot of people versus one, but I've noticed there's a lot of scenes where it'll be like her and then like showing the people and then just kind of cutting to her like really close. And just like, it, there's this really weird, like that feeling of tenseness that you immediately get with that. Right. And again, she has such a like expressive face that if you just like kind of tune in to like seeing every single, you know, eyebrow wrinkle, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and she, you know, she speaks very well with her face. Like, there's so many moments. Yeah, where, she does. Yeah, you're right. She's a passive character. And a lot of times it's just about her just kind of going like, oh, oh, is that how that is? Oh, interesting. <laughs> you know, is that what you're Right. Oh, it, 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 what she's trying to convey, like, conveys with her face and her body language. So, because Whoopi's a very extremely talented actress. So, yeah, yeah. she can do that. Um, so, right. she can be a passive character in terms of dialogue. Also, side note, uh, I don't know if we brought it up. She has monologues in, like, brief moments. Yeah. Uh, she has it, random monologues. And at first, I, it, you know, it, it's that sort of, like, thing where you're like, oh, when someone just randomly introduces monologues, it usually is kind of, like, awkward. Because, like, maybe the, you know, they, uh, people making the movie didn't feel like they had enough to work with, so they add something extra, you know. But with mm. this, it actually paints and colors the scenes, like, in a way that I think is really freaking cool. Um, yeah. And, and I'm very pro-monologue for, for, I think it's actually an underutilized thing. Uh, mm. It's an underutilized tool that I, I think, you know, you was probably a good recent example of a, of a show that does Oh, I didn't well. see that one. I didn't see that one. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, so it's it's like getting what people, because because people do think very regularly, so yeah, right. not everything is said. Some things are very much thought. And I think very that gives true. us a little yeah. bit, it gives us insight into kind of how she's responding to things. Because sometimes it's yeah, just yeah. the silence. Sometimes there's a, a little bit of a thought of like, it's like Jesus, Mary and Joseph. What are they doing over there? And I'm just like, yeah. What I think uh, her her big phrase is, she says like, Jesus, keep me to the cross or something like. Yes, that. <laughs> and and then you realize where she gets it from later on in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> but it um, is hilarious. But yeah, so they're hanging out, and um, the women are just about to leave when like some sort of pillow falls over and reveals like pro magazine, some sort of like you know pro black <laughs> magazine in the seventies. Oh yeah, I'm like pro. Oh. We could we could license Jet or. Right, and I was like, "Wait, wouldn't that be Jet?" <laughs> we we couldn't. We didn't have enough money in the budget for Jet. <laughs> right, and it was one of those things where it was just like, 
you know, at first, you know, the conversation that they're having could be taken as like, oh, you know, all right, they're white, maybe they don't get it, you know, it's whatever. But then when that gets revealed, and like, they're like, oh, look at this. And they're like looking at it like it's like some silly National Geographic. Look at this strange culture. Aren't they silly? Like, oh, look at this. Oh, man. And, you know, and like just, making fun of the clothes. Because I think one was in a bikini, and they're like, oh, yeah. she's almost naked. It's like, it's giving Sarah Bartman. It's very yeah, much it's giving like, that. Oh, precisely. Yeah, she's, they look like potholders or something like that. And yeah. uh, he, he says, who knows where they'd be if they didn't spend their money on such trash? <laughs> you know, it's that sort of like, oh, no, no, see, the real thing that's really keeping black people down is themselves. Not us, not us. <laughs> you know? Right. It, that sort of, like, accepted sort of, uh, uh, you know, ideology, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, one of the things I noted down here is, like, this absolute contrast of black comfort versus white people-pleasing. Mm-hmm. there's like something mm-hmm. that was it's, sure. it's very evident in that scene but i think that's one of the big things is like the sacrifice uh that i think a lot of a, a black adults especially at the time make they they sacrifice the space uh for themselves to be like comfortable just to make white people feel comfortable and safe like like, right, like the right. it, and it, part of that discussion happens before this uh before the meeting of the of the housewives when she's like what foods you know do white people like oh yeah and uh i think it was the maid bring it was like just get some sandwiches and slap them with like mayo and was like uh and cucumbers yeah cucumbers and 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 just as she predicted they ate that shit up (laughs) (laughs) oh man and um, they go to visit uh, some family in a rural southern area. It's, it's yeah. like af- after that scene happens. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like, um, you know, again, this is a very like slice of life movie. So it's just kind of like, oh, yeah, we're, you know, we're going here. We're going to this scene. And, you know, this we don't want to miss our motel. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it, it comes to one point. They're, they're meeting Mabel's family and hanging out with them. Yeah. And, you know, everyone seems to be having a good time. And. She walks around the back and sees uh, her dad watching TV, and he's watching with Barnaby Jones, and there's some thief on there with a, like, really, you know, big ski mask on, It's obviously, like, a black dude, and you know, the dad's like, oh, look at that, why do Rob on Barnaby Jones gotta be colored, huh? Why that gotta be a thing, you know? And uh, she she has a monologue, she's like, daddy, 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 don't you ever change, like, why has everything gotta be about race with you? You know, that's a, that's the sort of implication, right? Um, right. And then she kind of, like, walks over to uh, Tom and sees that he's kind of, like, rejecting his, uh, uh, Mabel's sister's neck bones. And she's like, what? What is this? What, what, you think you're too good for our people's food? What's going right, on Right, even though she you knows know? he likes it. You know you like them right? neck bones, bruh. Come on, player. Who are you trying to fool? Uh, <laughs> and then, um, so she, she walks over and kind of, like, sits down and, and has some food with some people. And she's looking over and there's this... I, I, you see this dude, and I kept being like, "Who is this creepy sexual chocolate looking motherfucker?" <laughs> like, sexual with the chocolate. Fuck, you know what I'm talking about with the fucking ass. Yes, I, I do. And, but when I saw him, and, <laughs> and I saw the glasses, that leisure suit, Larry, looking ass. The the minute I saw fucking um Steve Harvey Steven oh. off to the side, like I knew exactly who it was because I saw the glasses. And I'm just like, I'm like, oh, you've aged. Oh, that's pea pie. <laughs> And, uh, He's dead, yeah, my yeah, girl, yeah. Mabel. It's like, oh, don't. Uh, I am no one's girl, sir. And then she goes like, and then she has that internal monologue. like, this is the fool my parents wanted me to marry. Which is a valid response. <laughs> <laughs> That's the appropriate response. 
<laughs> yes, indeed. Yes. Um, and but what happens in that scene is he starts talking about how like, oh yeah, we're gonna, you know, he gives her a card like, hey, you know, be sure to keep my number, and she kind of like turns over the card and says like. What is, what is this, pork pies? And like, yeah, yep. you know, we, we're doing the Back to Africa movement, and that's how we're going to fund it, through the pork pies. Like, oh, yeah, this is going to be, a, like, we're going to get rich quick, and that's how we're going to do it. Da, da, da. And this is like, huh, interesting. <laughs> like, it's, Right. Cause it, it, and it blanked in my mind. It, it brought up in my mind again. It's like, oh, yeah, there was, like, a very big Pan-Africa, like, Back to Africa movement in the 70s. Yeah, you know it sure was. And I kind of, like... Yeah, it kind of cropped up. It's like, oh, yeah, we're going to take the booth back as soon as we get the funding. <laughs> you know? and it's like, okay, um, sure. Yes. Yeah. Hope you can speak them languages. Because, <laughs> like, like, when I. Yeah, where are we going to? And who's going to take us back? <laughs> you about to take me back to 13%, <laughs> you know, Uganda, right. 20% Nigeria, yeah. <laughs> 50, right. 50% Democratic Republic of the Congo. Like... <laughs> right. Split me into four parts. Right. Like and and when I saw uh, that scene, my the note I put here is uh, this man's not doing a dollar store back to Africa movement. Element. <laughs> I know. And I'm just I like, like, I know he ain't trying to. I'm like, oh, so you you trying to take a plane? He's like, I got I got a plane, uh, and we're gonna go back to Africa. And I'm like, I had the same reaction as Whoopi, like, God bless. But everybody was supporting him. They're like, oh yeah yeah, his his pork business is doing good. And it's like, okay. <laughs> All right, uh, if you, you say so. On how that goes later. Yeah. I want to step on your dreams, but they have a kitchen on the second floor. Is that not really weird to anyone else? You know, I didn't actively think about that, but <laughs> like, like the it, kitchens are usually like, wait, well, well, the scene doesn't occur till then. But I'm just bringing it up when I'm thinking like about next to the living room, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Like I'm thinking about the structure to the house. Um, like I think they do have a kitchen on the main floor. But the scene that occurs when when Tom Senior is making pancakes, it's there's steps right. next to it. Yeah, but I, yeah, yeah, I don't want us to jump ahead too much. But yeah, I'm like, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Who has a kit, a functional kitchen with like an island on the second floor? There, you are rich. <laughs> yeah, right. That's that rich that don't make no sense. Like, yeah. you no, know you didn't need to do that. I, I've never. <laughs> Of all the things that you know, how some people like spend money on reckless shit, I've never seen that. Of and, I, and I've been in some affluent houses. I've I've walked around them. I've never seen someone that said, "Oh yeah, we have two kitchens on separate floors, <laughs> right? Just in right. case." <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, for the maid to cook, and then for if I want to do something, right? You know, Need a midnight cross, snack. Cross, let me yeah. let me go over to exactly. the second floor kitchen. <laughs> Four years later, yeah, I, I feel like the kids really become their own characters at this point yes um, um boy yeah. it, it, it for for maybe for worse not for better um yeah but um the boy is kind of you know he's the uh, young upstart he's uh you know he he's like a smart kid he's you know getting good grades yeah. but uh you know he kind of really enjoys basketball and you know that sort of thing um you know the daughter's a cheerleader you know she's trying to be a model and and that sort of stuff uh, she's and it comes up uh, at dinner. I think it's like Thanksgiving. Yeah, there's like two scenes. Two there's a, that, oh, there's I think scenes. there's three scenes yeah. of Thanksgiving because it's beginning, middle, and end. Yes, where they're having thanks Thanksgiving. Yes. Um, and yeah, she said she's gonna study abroad. Uh, in Spain. In Spain. Yeah. Yeah, and and Denny Glover's like, yeah, you know, you should do that. Yeah, study in Spain. You know, you know, 
Russia or Italy. You know, like the white people, white, like the white like folks. Like the white folks. In other countries. Donna's like, race, race, race. Can we get through one meal without you discussing, you know, race all the time? Like, it's not the olden times anymore, you know. <laughs> the 50s. You know what I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's the, it really starts to like edge on your brain the more you think about history and the more it's just like oh wow y'all just really like when you're a kid like in the 70s y'all just thought history was over because like what no the civil rights thing happened in the 60s yeah we're done with that actually now that i think about it in context that line is even even sadder because um well part it, it ties into my note the note i had for that uh, part of that was seeing the cultural assimilation forced upon black women is subtle but disappointing uh, yeah, but yeah, I mean, but specifically in context for Stormy, part of her assimilation also involves her romantically engaging with white people. This is set in the seventies. Wasn't interracial marriage not legalized until the seventies? Nineteen sixty-seven. So it was in probably their lifetime or right before it. Yeah. It wasn't that fun. Can't we get over the past? You just got the right to see your boyfriend <laughs> legally. Right. <laughs> Within yeah. 10 years of your existence, you got the right to even do what you're doing. In a certain way, that is cool, right? Like, it should. we should be living in a world where it shouldn't matter. But it's like the fact that, like, every time, you know, and the uh, uh, the white dude, I'll say, like, he seems like a cool guy. Like, there's never, like, a thing where he's, like, being a dick. It just seems like everyone around them is, like, responding to them. Like, yeah. uh, when, when Whoopi's hanging out with her friend who's kind of wearing more of the traditional African-looking gar garb, you know, uh, there's yes. a scene where, like, right right before she pulls off, she kind of sees her, you know, her friend's daughter roll up with this white dude in a jeep and give him a big smooch in public. And it's just like, oh, oh. <laughs> you know, yeah. and uh, there's a later on scene where they're at a party and like, you know, the white dude's like hanging out with her and they're just having a good time, like hugging and kissing. Them. And then his mom just kind of comes over and goes like, come here, Russ. come here, come here. And she's like, what, what, what? But, you know, he, they're having the conversation at dinner. Yeah. And he says, you know, uh, I think the uh, Tom, the father says, I, you know, I see, uh, see, I think we're actually making the point. Uh, we're actually making the same point. So many are convinced the shackles are around our necks still, you know, and, and, and you know, that we're still under the subjugation of, of the white man. But uh, that's why I'm talking about going, you know, sending my kids to Princeton, you know, because they are on the same level as the white people, right? right. And not just having them hanging around the black people at the black colleges, you know. We, we're, we're better than that. We don't have to just hang around the Negroes, you know. We, we are sophisticated and intelligent and we work hard, so we don't have to be around them. It's that sort of mentality, right? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and this is the scene where they uh start watching roots yes uh, I was like, oh yeah that was like 1977 right um oh, damn. and yeah right shout out to lavar burton <laughs> right <laughs> and uh as the movie goes on you know they're watching it, and of course the parents are kind of like this is you know gonna be an important movie you guys need to sit down and watch this with us and later as the like they kind of fade and it's like you know time has gone on as they're watching the the special and like the daughter's like reading like 17 magazine or something mm -hmm. like she's like tuned out and the uh, dad tom is just kind of like intently watching the scene where toby gets i mean uh, excuse me kuta kente gets beaten to uh be like you know your name is toby you know now say your name and he just keeps going like kuta kente and well, no, the white dude doesn't beat him. The white dude tells the black dude to keep beating him, which is like, ain't this a fucking bitch? God <laughs> like, damn. Which, there's, like, there's definitely something, level of there's, bullshit. there's definitely something to also be said about, like, using a black person as a tool of oppression. 
for another or assimilation for another black person. Mm-hmm. Now, I think they were using yeah. roots because it's timely, but I guess that could also, in a sense, be applied to Tom. Oh, for sure. Um, and then the dad gets incensed. You know, he's watching the whipping and he just kind of can't take it. He goes like, oh, all right, th- this is enough. Like, you know, I, we, we, we worked hard enough. We don't need to be watching this shit. We don't need to keep, you know, dredging up the past. The past is prologue. Right. Shakespeare said that, goddammit. You know? Right. It's like, oh, you had a flashback, didn't you, Tom? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but he's like, you know, who wants to relive this anyway? This is nonsense, you know? And, um... The kids are sort of like, you know, they're kind of laughing at him, like, just kind of like, seeming like he's overreacting to really nothing, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're just like, what well, is the fucking, you know, movie, you know, whatever. And, like, Whoopi kind of, like, catches them laughing, and it's that, like, ang- staring daggers, angry mother sort of thing, which is like, don't, like, how dare you laugh at that man? <laughs> you know, like, you have no idea what this man has went through, you know? Right, and, um, and like, even the, the note I had taken for the root scene is, I'm like, you could... You could spend an hour unpacking the subtext of the way that the actors were directed to react to watching Roots. Oh, for sure. Because it all says something about their character in that moment. And everyone Mm -hmm. has a completely different response. You're absolutely, absolutely correct. And uh, now this this is another thing I think is interesting. So I think it's like the next day, Mm -hmm. Tommy too is mowing the lawn. And like a car just like, they're in a cul-de-sac. So like a car just like spins around the cul-de-sac. And then just like... And, you know, he kind of sees it and then, like, thinks nothing of it. And then it, like, like uh, backs up a little bit. And then it kind of goes, like, yeah, keep on mowing, Toby. Woo! And then he, like, drives off. And it's just, like, he just kind of looks over and just, like, what the fuck was Yeah. Fuck? You know? Uh, a fair response um, is, like, motherfucker. What? <laughs> and I think what's interesting about that, like, because, you know, it, it reminded me in a, in a really tangential way about, like, uh, uh, the way... Apu as a character of The Simpsons mm-hmm. is kind of treated in real life. And, and follow me here, right? Because it's right. like, you know, what is this? This is Roots. Like, this white dude referencing Roots, which the message you should get from that is, you know... Racism bad. Be, yeah, exactly. We should be a little better to kinder to black people. But the only thing this guy got was like, whoa, yeah, you got his players. Ha, Toby. Ha. And now we have another like, name for black people. It's like, that wasn't the point. Right, right. And, and it kind of reminds me of how, like, you know, the way, uh, the way, like, dumb white people in the 90s kind of, like, treated the Apu character in relation to, like, Indian people, right? Oh, you uh, yeah, show, you're like, right. Simpsons, you're right. Yeah, if, if you watch the show The Simpsons, like, Apu is actually probably the most respected character on yeah, there. Yeah, no, they, for they a bit. Like, he's, like him quite a lot. Um, it was... Yeah, like, they treat him as the smartest person. He's the one who's, like, you know... He owns his own business. And, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, he's the most well-rounded character. In fact, in a couple of seasons, he's, like, the most eligible bachelor, and, like, all the ladies kind of like him, and all the other dudes, all the other, you know, fat, over overweight, you know, white dudes are, like, a bunch of slobs compared to him. Right. You know, like, so it's, like, he actually is kind of, like, the fucking man when you kind of look at it. Right. But, uh, you know, what the fuck do, you know, uh, uh, Billy Dumbfuck in Arkansas see? He just goes, like, oh, thank you, come again, <laughs> Indian dude. And this is, like, oh, my God. Like, that's all you took from that? shit holy fuck you know like oh i've got a new racist catchphrase that's all you got from that right know? it's 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 like it's it's kind of that case of uh what what dave Chappelle and even chris rock experienced with his uh mm. you know black people versus mm. niggas joke of just like a, a lot of white people kind of took the wrong thing from the media. Oh, yeah, I remember, yeah, Ch- uh, Chappelle talking about, like, some white dude coming up and was like, oh, them nigger jokes is funny. <laughs> it was like, I, 
Yeah, like the, like a, I've heard a I've heard of another comedian, um, Barnes something Barnes, where he he has a joke about uh, what if like aliens were black and said they wanted to take all the black people to like a utopia in space, and he said racists would come up to him and say, "Hey, I like that joke where the niggers leave the planet," and it's like that's uh, that's not the punchline, <laughs> right? Right. So it's like you're you're um, missing the point of the intent of the media, which I think is a very kind of tricky landscape that a lot of black artists un- unfortunately fall into when mm. they try to tell stories about race yeah. which makes me very curious and, for the know, new candy man but regardless i mean just to i mean just to say how i feel about it it's like i think you can only do so much when you have an audience that is just dead set on being stupid you know like, yes like you can do the best you can and have fun as an artist yes. but if someone just wants to be like a raise a dude like i can't make you not think that way after a certain level. now i do think we have a certain responsibility right to make it clear that the butt of the joke is the race yes. the assholes i get it on that level but like yeah like once you get to a certain like once you get to the the guy who goes like Oh, you couldn't make blazing saddles today because we couldn't just say the N word willy nilly. It's just it's like, like that wasn't the point of the or like missing yeah, the, like, the blackface in Tropic Thunder. Get, it's like that's the yeah, point. Like, did you not? Yeah, did you not get that all the racist dudes were saying the N word? Did, did you not get that Gene, like the main white character, does not say it at all? Did you not get the correlation of what was going on there? Right. It's like <laughs> it's know? like man, you just you just. We just critical thinking uh, isn't isn't mandatory <laughs> <laughs> in some areas. Yeah, yeah. So I and yeah. I, that's it's amazing how we t- picked all of that off of like a sentence of dialogue from a from a from a speed <laughs> right. racist over here. Uh, speed racist. <laughs> I love it. See, this, go this speed racist. Go. <laughs> Stop, be racist, stop! <laughs> that's a, that's a, there's a, there's a, uh, animation called Speed Racist where he, he, he says, go back to Africa, and he crashes and dies in a fire. One <laughs> <laughs> of my favorite bits from Sinai and Happiness, the Speed Racist skit where he dies immediately. <laughs> and the black guy oh, just stares at him on fire. <laughs> <laughs> which i'm like that's, that's awesome that's i'm like that's it and that's that's one where it's like oh okay there's no subtext here the racist dies immediately because he's a racist <laughs> right uh, well it's a, it's a four panel copy you got to get to the point of the message real quick exactly <laughs> it's um, like, hey it was funny when that racist told him to go back to africa no no the racist dies before the sentence ends <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh my god and god damn it after all this conversation about race after all what we were saying it, it it cuts to Whoopi Goldberg watching TV, and it's the show where this this dude is talking. And he's like, "Equal rights amendments for women. Why is it having such a hard time being ratified? Is it finally dead in the water? Is it unnecessary? Are women already equal? And if not, what would equality even look like?" And she's like, just like passively changes the channel and everything about like, "Oh, I'm just trying to watch." Martin, the, the laugh in with you know D Martin or whatever the fuck, and it's just like, but just like having that quick moment of just like, like again. Holy shit, just like in 2021, I was just be like, oh yeah, right, we're talking about like black shit, and like women were still, look at the clock, still just about to get the rights, like holy right. shit, like wait. It's like, it's like, like bro, we haven't, yeah. even, we haven't even touched, what, what would this be, second wave feminism is about to start? Right, right, it, it was just like, it made me like flash wave to go like, oh my god, there's a whole other movement, right, holy shit. <laughs> and, it's like, god oh damn, god. it's like, yo, right. it's like, that's right, black, black women just got the chance to have jobs in society 
<laughs> right. And it's like, oh, wait, but uh, you're still women, so you kind of... Uh, yeah. like, are women asking for too much? Was giving them employment enough? Right. It's like, what? And it's so funny when you... Because, like, it makes sense at the time for someone to be saying that. Because, like, well, these things haven't been taken as knowledge that maybe we should let women be equally treated. Like, what the fuck? And so, like, today, it's like, oh, that, that's absurd. Like, this wouldn't even be a conversation. Yep. But at the time, you know, when you have the fucking... Um, yeah, yeah, like, with our 2021 years, we absolutely know damn well this shit was important and needed to happen. Yes. Needed to happen. But when it's at the time, you know, when motherfuckers want to keep shit in the past and shit hasn't really been codified and written down yet that you should respect, you know, women, right? Like, you know, it's still kind of considered this debate instead of, you know, one side being progressive and doing the thing that is correct and the other side being conservative and stuck in the past and wrong, you know? Yes. It's, um, oh, man. But yeah, it just, like, it just like pulled my brain back, and it's like we've been talking about races all the time, and like holy shit, we right. even, we we barely just... t- which like the the intersections of the whole elements of race and I guess gender, um, mm-hmm. it's like it, it was what we mentioned before. It it's a lot more interesting looking at it for Mabel, who's essentially the the main character, but who's a lot yeah, more yeah, passive cool. because she's a she's ostensibly a housewife. But then you have yeah, Stormy, the- who has a whole lot going on that should be just yeah. like, it's like misogyny, like internalized misogynoir in the yeah. 70s. And, the- and again, Ooh. what's fascinating about it is, is that her as a character, like all along, she's saying this doesn't matter. It's not that big of a deal. And yet you see how it still kind of affects you. It's you like, know? it's a like- huge thing up until like the, the, not even the climax of the movie after the climax too, where she has yeah, an entire yeah, yeah. character arc that's just like yeah. it's a it's a dark tragedy of watching yeah, Stormy's game. And it's just like in the don't... background. It's all in the background. Right. Right. <laughs> and, and you know, there's a level of it is like, is that genius actually? Or or do I gotta feel like, ah, oh, but I did want to get more to just like explore the reality of what she's dealing with, right? I think there's a generational uh, element kind of at play with that because you're also mm-hmm in that time period of black families who in a traditional sense kind of had the mentality of children are meant to be seen and not heard. So I think if you look oh, at it, oh, I get you. if you look at it from that lens, it kind of makes sense that, which I mean, you know, for starters, the, the main characters are like uh, M- Mabel and Thomas. Um, but it's, I guess in an almost ironic sense that like their children are, are living these, very very different lives behind them and because of the way that they kind of commute not saying that they don't talk to their kids they do but the evolution of like their family dynamic is also informed by their environment yeah and, and i mean when it comes to talk like what is what is the only thing he's ever talking to his son and daughter about well, when are you going to get to the college are you going to do this he's, you're going to the princeton college you're not doing it you know it, it's only about how are you going to get to the next level to prove that uh, uh, you're you're worthy of being around the white people? You know, like, that's always the dialogue. It's never, how was your day? You know, let's have some fun. Let's go to a movie. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's always, yes, that's right. My children are going to be uh, uh, better than, you know, uh, you assumed they were going to be. You know, it's like always that. And um, so then we go to a, another scene where she goes to, Mabel goes to the grocery store again. And this is the scene where, uh, you know, she's, she's there first and there's no one else around. So mm. she's like, hey, you know, how you doing? Like, uh, you know, Mr. Butcherman, I'm, I'm trying to get some, some uh, you know, two cutlets of this, da-da-da, something like that. 
and uh, he's he's got some it, like looks like he was just like just handling meat like the meat looks like it's still like falling off of his hands as he walks over to her and he's like oh you want that sure and he like puts the two steaks in a in a thing and wraps it up for her and gives it to her dirty with, like, ass hands the, too yeah and uh, it looks like there's like fucking paint on one of his fingers it's like right. it's just his hands do not look good and then she kind of like she takes it and just kind of has that moment of like internal monologue which goes like wait, would, would he have washed his hands if I was white? Yep. But then she kind of was like, oh, you know what? You're just focusing on race. You're starting to sound like Tom. Yeah, get out of here. You know, like, so she just kind of like, you know, uh, pushes it out of hand herself, even though she has so much evidence to believe. But then, you know, like I said, like the way real racism works is that people don't just jump out and say, hi, I'm the racist and I will be acting racistly towards you right. today. You know, like, <laughs> like you know nope, what nope. I mean? It's uh, that I, I guess you could almost categorize it as a, as a form of microaggression where it's just like oh yeah <laughs> it's, it's like uh, um, yeah, it's like would he have washed his hand which but also i mean we know a lot of people aren't bathing so uh, uh <laughs> he might just he might just be built like that it, it might not be racism yeah. this time mabel but i understand right? like yeah it's, <laughs> he might just be like, nasty possible deniable reason the, yeah but, like... But, like in all earnestness there's a good 50 50 chance that he's racist and we aren't sure which one it was he's either racist or dirty <laughs> right. and there's no win <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but uh yeah. Uh, oh, so she talks to her friend. This is the scene with her uh, yes. friend wearing like the more traditional African garb. I think she's actually also pregnant as well. And I remember ha- like when she gets out of the car, just having having that like I didn't like I didn't. It's not well. I guess I was actively thinking about it, but it was just kind of like having that moment. Where I was just like, huh, interesting. She's wearing like what looks like you know wraps and stuff like that, yeah. and like you know uh, Whoopi's wearing like you know a very like you know if you put a white woman in what she's wearing, very it wouldn't be suburban you know what I mean? like, housewife garb. Yeah. Yeah. Versus this um, uh, very pan African Kente cloth, uh, kind of, right. You know, stylings, which I'm like, this makes for, which it made me excited. Um, but the, the conversation that kind of ensues is very, uh, I think interesting. Oh, it was very, it was very tense as it was unfolding. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, so, you know, just from her clothing alone, you can kind of like off the bat be like, oh, this is a pro black, black, black woman. Yeah, like, yeah. Okay. With cool, a baby cool. and everything. Kinda having... Black. Yeah, exactly. And they're having the, the conversation. And then Whoopi uh, is talking like she had said. Uh, I think it was her husband, Ray. Said... And she said, she's like, oh, yeah. And you would tell me about all that crazy mess with Ray. And she's like, you see her expression yeah. changed. And she's like, it yeah. wasn't crazy. Um Yeah. And uh, and she was like, um, oh, what, oh, what, what were you saying then? I, I can't, cause I remember. No, you said like she's. You can tell we'll be trying to do this. Like I'm not trying to commit to saying anything because I don't want to piss my friend off. She's she <laughs> she like, she like backpedals to kind of rephrase yeah. the context of her statement because like we as uh-huh. the viewer we know what she meant, but then it's like one of those right, cases of like oh shit more- I'm the asshole. <laughs> yeah, it, it, what she what Whoopi had said was like oh yeah you told me Ray had like. Talked about some, you know, was telling, uh, was talking about, like, uh, telling his friends about, like, some, like, uh, Africans had discovered time warp or something like that. And she was like, well, crazy. Well, no, that's not what he said. Like, what he said was my my husband was trying to educate his coworkers about uh, the intelligent achievements that uh, Africans had made uh, that had been hidden from us. Like, uh, as, you know, black people in America, you know, basically to kind of like, oh, you have no history. You guys didn't do anything great. You know what I'm saying? Like. So just kind of like bringing up that element, you know, it, that is kind of interesting in a way, right? Like in America, mm-hmm. there's a, you've got to prove yourself, you know, like, because you black people aren't really worth anything. So you better prove that you're, you're, you know, worth being around here. But it's just like, 
But actually, like, no, there's lots of history of black people. You, you white people in your white system yeah. just didn't want to talk about it, you know? Yeah, there's, um, a, there's a lot of black achievements, which is, it's one of those cases where it, you have to, where you're looking at from Mabel's perspective, you kind of reevaluate, you're like, am I almost like, am, am I the bigot for my preconceived? So there's almost like a, right. uh, it, it lightly very lightly and subtly touches on that whole black versus african conversation yeah um and um and she goes uh she like so whoopi recovers right so because you know she her friend lays out what the actual situation was mm -hmm. it's like no yeah he was trying to tell him this and you know the white fucking uh the irish boss who who we work for like got mad at him and like fired him or something to that effect like uh like shouted at him or something like that and Whoopi recovers, and she goes like, "Oh, I mean, that's what I was saying, though. The, these white folks are just so—you just don't know how they're gonna respond. I mean, I, it was crazy for him to bring it up to these volatile white folks. Like that's what I was saying. And it was kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, nice nice that, save. That's what I meant. Good save. <laughs> yeah, good enough. <laughs> that, that'll do. And, but um, yeah, and I think the note right. I, I had for that part is there's some untouched parts about Mabel's relationship with uh, with Tina. I think was her name. Um, oh yeah, yeah, there's there's some things there that I, I I think that moment kind of highlights in in it that um oh yeah I mean the whole conversation is like tinged with layout little things like wait yeah what like like it's like they are two sentences of explanation away from like angrily shouting at each other yes but like they're letting it slide because they're like oh. Oh, no, nah, because like, like I said, like after that tenseness, she goes outside and that's where we have the scene where the the daughter comes home and gives the white dude on the list. And she's like, oh, yep. Oh. And he's like, hey, you should come visit sometime. Yeah, we're not that far away. She's like, yeah, not not that far away at all. Yep. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the energies change because it, it's like running into a friend that you haven't seen in a long time. But you can tell they're in a different place in life that you are and you're trying to figure out if that aligns with the person you are and i think both of them are kind of doing that to different effects and i think Whoopi or mabel is kind of reflecting ourselves just like am i am i who i used to be because i'm not saying mabel didn't really give me the the vibes of somebody that was like really pan-african or anything like that like no i didn't think she was like super pro but it's more so like her in touch levels with her community yeah relative to tom i think she is just like a cool ass person, yeah. Yes. Like she is willing to stay within the community, and like even though she, as a matter of fact, yeah. Uh, later on, I mean, when Monique shows up, she is like she's a little kind of like, whoa, who is this person? Yeah. But she is mo- way more willing to actively, you know, get, give a hearty handshake and friendship than fucking Tom is. Uh, uh, we'll get to that in a second. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah. The the note I oh, have, my. I forget if it was for this scene or for for later when she um. I said, Lord, this knockoff-ass Hillary Banks has a white boyfriend. <laughs> ah, stop! Leave her alone. I, I can't. She didn't do nothing. I can't. Look, her story her. makes me really sad. Um, but, but anyways. Look, look, she is allowed to find her love in whatever color that she finds it in. She okay. sure is. And it, and it okay. seems like her love found her color. <laughs> stop it. But, <laughs> oh, God but, damn. Um, <laughs> Was the party next? Um, or is that later? Okay, so wait. There is a party that comes from what happens in the next scene where uh, okay, uh, but B- B- Becca, uh, the 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 white 
older white lady yeah. that she's talking to on the phone that's telling her about all these fucking sex or pain. Yes. Like, Goldberg yes. does not give a shit about. That <laughs> she's like, like her friend, she's just going on and on about what this dude putting mayonnaise or something like that on her butt or something. She, she like basically puts the phone down to walk over to the other, uh, to the, into the kitchen to like pick up the other phone. <laughs> and like, she knows that like this woman is just talking. Maid's right there too. Sees her do it. Like picks up the other yeah. phone. Still, which I, uh, I think the, the note I made is like Mabel knowing her neighbor's habits to this degree or peak comedy. Because like it's funny that this is such a routine that you're like, all right, I know she's probably going to go on and on and on about this. Because it, it was like, it's like, oh, and my my um Puerto Rican cleaner, he did this. Like he put Miracle Whip <laughs> right. uh, on my Cuda Cat was. or some shit. It was like some <laughs> some weird food body part combination that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. and um, But then she gets to the part where she says, hey, uh, you know, uh, Chaz's roommate at Andover's is the lieutenant governor, and and you know he told me that it's our, uh, like my husband, who's friends with him, told me that it's a done deal that Tom's gonna be uh, you know picked up for uh, you know being in superior court. And the first thing she says, mm-hmm. "We'll never have to pay for parking tickets again." <laughs> and then, Priorities. Such a weird. It's such a weird small corruption thing, you know. It's like, <laughs> my, my my you know uh husband is in law i don't have to deal with minor infractions anymore <laughs> what's next right. no more taxes <laughs> coming soon <laughs> when we figure out how those uh some of those caribbean islands work but anyway um uh but she oh yeah and this is where we get to the party scene because this is yes. like the really fancy party scene where she meets where she meets uh, the governor guy that that they were talking to uh, that they were talking about. Yes. And they go to the party, and it slowly zooms into, like, Whoopi Goldberg and ha- and her internal monologue. And it's so funny, like, just the way she plays the scene. Like, it's not that, like a punchline or an actual, like, joke happens, but it's just the way she says it because Whoopi Goldberg has such a great voice. Mm-hmm. Like, she just goes, like, she, she's, like, having this internal monologue. She's like, man, I feel, un- I feel so uncomfortable. And everyone else seems fine and, you know, having fun. Like, like they got the script that they already know, and I just never got it, you know? I mean, they probably, you know, decided on it at some, I don't know, buck-naked PTA meeting that I wasn't invited to. And then she just, she just cracks herself up and just starts going, buck-naked! <laughs> something about her just saying, buck-naked! Oh, yeah, that it's, just made... it's, it's like, one, Whoopi Goldberg it does have, like, a stand-up background, so she knows how to deliver a joke. But two, it's like, it's hard consonants. It, it'd be something just like, yeah. it's like, oh, yeah, a bunch of um, people nude. No, no, that's not funny. Buck naked, that's funny. Buck naked. <laughs> and that's a funny idea. Laughing. She knows how to sell a damn joke because she's funny. Yeah, and she's laughing at herself saying it in her head, but then she laughs out loud and is like, <laughs> oh, oh. In, in public. Goes, like, yeah, and then she like goes like, excuse me, I need to excuse myself to the bathroom. And she goes to the bathroom and, holy shit, is this an exquisite fucking bathroom? There's like fucking paintings of horses yeah. and shit. There's fucking opera music playing and shit. It's like, damn, y'all got and, money, uh, money. Yeah, and she goes through her friend's medicine cabinet and, like, steals a couple of pills of codeine and pops one. And, like, as she goes back into the party, she's, like, clearly, like, slowly floating. Oh, yeah, it has that, <laughs> that spikely dolly shot. Yes! But it's, like, more subtle. You know, yes. it's like, well, it's not technically a spikely movie, so I can't, like, overtly do it. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, he's but only, he's only an executive producer, so I can't go all the way out. But... Right. She, she, she can do it for two yards. It's, it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> we can't have a full. We can't have a full walking down the street scene. Right. Um. Where where the two guys are clearly sitting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, 
<laughs> but um, but enough about jungle fever. Um, we. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, uh, so she yeah, ends yeah. up like floating back to the to the conversation because was it uh, Tom introduces her to the to the candidate? Yes. Um, yes, and she goes. What does she say? Yeah, he says like, oh, uh, if I were to, what what was the line? It's some about lying. Like, I remember that. Yeah, but it's like he, he, you know, compliments her by saying like, oh, uh, I had heard how beautiful you were, but I didn't realize how true it was, something like that. And she yeah. said something like, I heard how much of a liar you, you were, but I didn't know how true it was. Something yeah. Like that and it's one of those things where it's like, oh, shit, are you calling him out as like a governor? And then it's like, oh, it was like a cutesy thing of like, oh, you're calling me attractive, but oh, you're, you're just flattering me. And I was like, oh, oh, you played that so well. Yeah, yeah, she had to, <laughs> she had to like play it off real fast because there's that awkward silence of Tom like, baby, you're... You're fucking up in front of the white man, what, baby. Because hey, right. you, you can see the look <laughs> the of fear in his lying. eyes of like, oh no, she fucked up. Yeah, for both of us. Hey, yeah, but then she like, yeah, saves but then him. the white dude laughs like, ah, <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay. Um, then it it goes later on. Uh, like they're watching TV and you see like Richard Pryor is talking to. Uh, this white woman, this very like yes. pretty and prim looking white woman, and it took me a second. Like, I, I, I didn't. It wasn't what until movie I saw was it? It, it was a TV show. I think it was the Partridge Family show. Oh shit! Because okay. because it, it, on the subtitles it said Mrs. Partridge, and I was like, Oh my god, the Partridge Family! Wait a minute! <laughs> <laughs> and and it, what was happening in the scene was that uh, Richard Pryor was saying like, Hey, you know, people might not uh, want to come see this particular ca- type of act. You know what I'm saying? Not at this mm-hmm. club. And you know, uh, and Mrs. Partridge says, oh, You mean because we're white? <laughs> and it's so like the oh my god, like this is how the race problem gets framed in popular entertainment, yes. right? At the time, right? Like, oh, are the black people not being accepting of the white people? <laughs> you know, Gasp. um. They don't but, like but us because we're white? Right. We've done but, nothing but, wrong. Richard, right. But uh, Richard Pryor kind of plays it off like, oh, no, no, no. It's just like, you know, th- these people want soul music. And, you know, I don't think you got what they want, you know, when it comes to that sort of thing, you know. like, But, like, Mrs. Partridge, she goes like, well, I think we've got something that people might like. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I could just imagine, like, people wanting to hear some fucking goddamn uh, James Brown. Or some, no, no, no. It's 1977. We want to hear some fucking funk or some shit. <laughs> And we got Cher coming with some fucking clowns never laughed before, <laughs> you know. <laughs> hey, put on that Donny Osmond real quick. <laughs> Turn up that Sonny and Cher real quick for a player. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Turn on that Carpenters, son. Turn on that calling all occupants of interplanetary crafts, son. The Soul Train line starts people doing the fucking fucking funky chicken and shit, and you start hearing, "Why do birds suddenly?" <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the video we need. <laughs> oh my god uh sp- speaking of music um so we get to the scene to where, where Whoopi's driving up to her house uh she's kind of looking at her ring and kind of how big it's in fact she, she seems kind of dazed because it feels like she's uh kind of made it a thing of taking these codeine pills like at the end of a certain scene you know that she had taken certain pills and so she's kind of acting a little dizzy and then you see her driving, <laughs> where she kind of seems to have the same sort of dizziness. And you're like, uh, oh. <laughs> this is the 70s, you know? Right. Like, do we even still have uh, seatbelt laws? Do we just start uh, in, in, enforcing those? Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, she's kind of, like, looking at her ring and kind of like, how fucking... It is a big fucking rock, too. Uh, she got that money, money. Kind of like... Like, and it's like the type of big where, like, when... 
it fucking flashes in your face, the reflection of light. It is a big reflection of light. And so it's like reflecting in her face really big and she's just kind of like looking at it like passively. And then she just kind of looks and sees like a truck is like right in front of her. She's like, oh shit! And like stops <laughs> the car and sees that it's like a moving truck. Like, so it, it stopped. It wasn't moving itself. And she's like, huh, what, what's going on? Who's moving in? And she kind of, and oh my God, yes. when Monique shows up, oh it's kind of like, God. you hear yeah. this fucking very like sort of really primitive, early sounding hip hop with a, like, what is this? And I heard, I heard the, the voice. I'm like, cause I, I, I didn't, all I saw was the Whoopi Goldberg and um, Danny Glover in it. I'm just like, right. I'm like, nigga, is that Monique? <laughs> Yeah. Wait, like Monique? Monique? Like Monique, but like Queens of Comedy Monique? But I was very much confused. I'm like, okay. No, yeah. No, she can't act. She's a good actress, but it's just like Monique and Whoopi Goldberg. You wouldn't have expected. No, I would not. On top of that, though. But see, then on top of that, though, I thought like, wait, but why wouldn't I? They're both comedians. They're both like, you know what I mean? Like, they're both women who came up on comedy. They're just of different generations, you know? Like, it's just like, uh, not even that removed, honestly, because I believe she was doing um, snaps in like the mid-90s or something like that, Monique. And I think uh, Whoopi Goldberg got her big start in like, you know, early 80s sort of thing. Right. Um, and then she she made her bread like doing comedy specials. I think like got like fucking awards and shit. Like, she is some fucking, she was like fucking next level uh, of Moms Mabley kind of like when she kind of came up. But then I think she just like switched over to acting and just kind of just made that her thing. Yeah, she, she's cause one of those. I haven't seen a stand-up special are, from her in. Yeah, right. She's one of those comedians that like years? I know you as a comedian, but I don't remember you on a stage with a microphone like you know, like all those other you know scruffy looking eighties comedians just kind of like, hey, what about this gag? She's one of the few that has an egot. So yes, yes. yes. Actually, she might have an ego. She might have all five. But what I think it is, is like, you know, when you blow up that quickly yeah. and you just kind of like, like, well, I can't like, isn't that the thing with like a lot of comedians, like after a while when they just get too big, you can't just do comedy anymore. Cause you're not a normal, relatable person like that. Right. You know? Which kind of, kind of happened to, to Kevin Hart. He tried to do stand up to like, it's not funny cause you're rich. You're so right. <laughs> and also like, I, I mean, if we're just going to go on, on this mini tangent, like I don't think Kevin Hart is like a funny punchline guy i think he's a great physical comedian actor yeah like i think if you have a good script you can make a, a good thing out of you know how out of his energy but i think he himself is not a you know next uh move aside richard Pryor. here comes right and, and mile a minute laugh guy and, you know? and that's the thing is for a great comedian knows about timing and delivery which is like why the thing earlier of her laughing about um you know buck naked because she's a comedian who knows how to deliver a joke, it's why it works. Timing. It's, it, yeah, timing. It's what timing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, because her character's like nature, at least in the movie, is is pretty passive. It kind of makes these little moments where she isn't stand out, or where she makes like these little comments of that are representations of her character, where she's almost stepping out, but moving back. like the thing with the butcher. It's like, did this man wash his hands? Would he have washed his hands if I was yeah. white? Oh, whatever. And she just, like, resigns back to the passive. So the moments where she steps out of the passiveness for as Mabel and then goes back, they stand out more. But then there's the scene where it's like, she seems like she's being like, okay, hey, maybe I should, you know, have a chat with this person. And, like, before she even gets up the, the gusto to do so, she gets a phone call uh, from from uh, from Tom 
And she mm-hmm. was like, hey, uh, you know, I'm glad you picked up. I just heard, uh, I just saw that. And like, Tom's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> and he's like, it was like, well, I mean, I thought you'd like it because she's, yeah, I know. <laughs> so, like, sounding legitimately you know, upset, you know. Yeah. There's a Negro. Like foot. something wrong happened. Like, <laughs> did you heal, baby? There's Negroes in town. But honey. Right. We are. No, no, no. They're, they're different. They're, you know, they're not yeah. the good ones. Like a. <laughs> Yeah, because, uh, and the reason why is because, uh, well, she got rich through the lottery. So, right. you know, she's not a black person who earned her money. So, and, and look how, you know, th- this person who didn't earn their way and therefore, you know, had to, you know, basically uh, assimilate. But to him would be, had to be a, uh, you know, uh, a modern person and do what needed to be done to fit into society, right? You know? Right. Like, that, that's how he would word it, right? Wh- you know, which- and so he's like. Yeah, this this ghetto person uh, just got rich and didn't have to prove themselves being worthy of being here. So you know this is fucked up that they're in our neighborhood right now. And, you know he's like, why why shouldn't I go talk to them? You know, let me say hello. He's like, honey, we don't want ourselves to look like the beachhead for this ghetto invasion. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, ghetto invasion, ghetto invasion. Like, like these one one like person moves in, on, it's an invasion. And they came in, <laughs> right? Here. Invasion, he says. Um, which I, says, uh, because- I, I think there's a conversation to, I, I've seen it on social media, um, when I, I, it made me, it gave me interesting pause talking about how some members of the black community act different when they're rich. So like whether intentional or not, I think there's an interesting discussion to be had here about the ways in which we almost like get rich and then gatekeep success. <laughs> yeah oh that talented 10th shit you know? yeah yeah so it's just yeah. it's just like it's like oh we got money but we got money the the, the right way baby not through the yeah. the dirty cheap laborless way of sheer honest like statistical anomaly yeah. like yeah and and so you know uh, tom is getting up and all out of sorts he's like because they'll assume we invited her and it's like that thing where it's just like oh you're being kind of racist there but like yeah, that's true though. Like, if, because like, they think all black people know each other. Black... It's like, oh, did so, yeah. So Tom brought his his cousin Ruth. It's like, no, no, he didn't. I don't even notice. Right? That. Yeah. Like, cause she goes like, oh, just cause we're the same color, that doesn't mean they're gonna think we're related. And and I was just like sitting there, just like, mm, yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah they will. That's... <laughs> that's totally what's going to happen. It's like, it's like oh, oh, Tom, you you think. Oh, you think how they know you is going to slow down the racism? No, no, sir. Right? That's the thing. There's no brakes like, on this man, train. Speed racist, baby. At the end of the day, that's the, the lesson. They just like, man, they're going to be racist to you either way, so you might as well fucking be cool with the other black people, all right? right. Like, you know, goddamn. Strength in numbers, nigga, um, damn. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I think we've already seen that the seeds have been planted with how he's willing to, uh, you know, uh, rectify uh, the situation. Black man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> for, for his own personal gain, uh, but uh, he is a black capitalist in the in the truest sense of the word, isn't he? Damn, why uh, you call out Jay Z like that? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's not a businessman. He's a businessman. Business <laughs> <laughs> so he's like not even a person. Or wait, no, because of how our laws work, he is a person because we think businesses are people with how laws work. But that's I mean, I feel like if we took the time, we could come to a three fifths compromise. <laughs> oh. <laughs> going too hard you're going too hard <laughs> Go, going too hard on mr businessman <laughs> i'm, yeah, yeah, I'm not black thing, yeah. i'm thomas 
Okay. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Okay. If you, all right. If you say so. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, yeah, Whoopi tries to be. See, that's the thing where I'm like, you know, Whoopi's character shows, right? In these moments, she tries to be the person to be like, no, she can be a nice lady. Like, come on, let's not be these yeah. people. Let's give them a chance. And, you know, you see, you know, Tom, the bitch ass Freeman. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think this is the scene. Yeah, this is the, the next scene where they're having uh, Thanksgiving together. And, like, they're, you know, trying to just talk and have a conversation, but you can hear, like, the, the black neighbors across the way are, like, playing some really loud-ass funk music. Like, it like it's so loud, it sounds like fucking Bootsy Collins is actually there. Like, going like, <laughs> oh, yeah, baby, we about to make this party started. Like, because I was like, that didn't sound like a song. That sounded like a person so talking. Lot, well, I mean, like, when you're rich, you know, you can just call I, I Bootsy Collins. <laughs> he was in the neighborhood. <laughs> um... But yeah, Tom gets all insist. He's like, a, a barbecue on Thanksgiving. God, can you believe how unorthodox? You know? Shaking his, his Danny Glover jowls. Oh my God. This scene was the most him showing his ass. Yes. And it's so funny, right? Because this is supposed to be the, uh, you know, s- sophisticated black man who's very... T- but as soon as he's getting, like, angry at these, these you know, what are these lowly niggers, niggers doing here? You know what right. I'm saying? He's all... He goes like, is this what MLK would have... This is what he fucking goes into. And it's that thing where it's just oh, like, yeah, yeah. if you're not thinking about it, this quote-unquote sounds like a positive thing to say, right? Like, shouldn't we be all uplifted and not be being based? We should do what MLK, we should be moving forward. But the way he fucking says it is like, is this what MLK would have wanted? Oh, we can't be worried about the vote. We's got to have our pig feet. And I'm just like, you know, it's that sort of like... Uh, can we not get the vote and have our pig feet? Like, what the fuck? Like, oh, you think they're just, oh, they won't give us the vote. They won't respect us enough to give us the vote if we're eating pig feet. Like, mm-hmm. no, they were just not going to give us the vote anyway until we did something about it. Like, it doesn't matter what you were eating at the time. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and just kind of how the, it, it's interesting too, how his family ends up kind of leaving him. Like, I mean, the, yes. the kids dip out right quick. And even uh, Tom, too, you know, he's playing basketball and... The you know one of the neighbors kids is like hey can you hoop it's like kinda come around here literally he walks around the gate right after yeah Tom is like no don't go yeah. over there there's niggas there like <laughs> yeah and and this uh, that's the thing like they like the quote unquote ghetto family anytime you see them they're really cool they're very nice <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's like you know it, it's him being the fucking granddad from the Boondocks you know nappy-headed hoes, you know? <laughs> get, get out of here! Except, you know you know what the only difference is? Like, um, you know, nowadays, yeah, this story is kind of told with, like, the music that the, the uh, you know, the young upstarts listen to is hip-hop, but back then, like, when you were kind of, like, hearing the musical differences, mm-hmm. it was like, the, the uh, you know, uh, the good black people are listening to their jazz, you know? Yep. And, and the bad black people are listening to funk. Ugh, what's this? Uh, what are these weird notes that they're playing? You know? When it's just like, if you rewinded the clock 30 years, like, jazz was the bad thing, yeah. you know? So it's like, <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, uh, oh my god, he says this whole shit where he's like, he starts fucking doing it, and it's like, oh, look at these black people. And it's like, if you look up a nigga tree in the nigga handbook, I guarantee you're gonna see her face, goddammit. And you know, yeah, like, the, the girl and the boy kind of like, you know, excuse themselves, like, hey, you know, I need to go do this. Can I go do this? In fact, the daughter is like, hey, uh, I need uh, the check for uh, the thing for when we, uh, for when I go abroad this summer. Can I go get your purse and uh, we can go write that check, you know? 
Um, and yeah, he goes like, "What's wrong? Why is everybody leaving?" And Whoopi's like, "It might have been the nigga handbook, line. right?" <laughs> Which is like, again, delivery. Thank you, Whoopi. Yes. Like, <laughs> might have been the nigga handbook line. <laughs> that did it in Thomas. Then later that night, the the police come by. Like you hear like uh, police sirens coming in, and Tom's half asleep. So you know he's going like, "Oh, you know that that uh that negress probably already went through all their lottery money. So now she you know uh, got caught trying to cash some bad checks." <laughs> he's like laughing his fucking butt off. He's uh like in the middle of sleep. He's just like getting his fucking chuckles. Like he's like, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. you see. It's been a social commentary with how the blacks act like that, you see. <laughs> like, he was fucking, he was feeling himself with that fucking joke. And Whoopi, like, she never minds him and, like, gets up, you know, puts on her glasses to see what's going on. Turns out what had actually happened was the uh, white neighbor, the uh, woman earlier in the movie who was battered that we had kind of seen the scars and stuff like that, uh, she had hung herself. Um... Yeah. And the husband is outside crying because, yeah, they zip up the bag and kind of like take her out so you can see what it was. And the husband's outside crying and he's just like, you know, like, oh, man, she looks so peaceful and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And, like, it's an interesting the way that scene ends because it specifically, like, is, like, if you're not paying attention, it just kind of seems like, oh, yeah, it's just this guy who said that his, you know, wife's dead. But then you have that, like, moment where you're like, oh, wait, wait, he was beating her, wait. Yeah. And you never see him, like, abusing her. We just see him you know, really sad and going like, oh, I can't believe this happened, you know. But then as the scene fades out, it kind of cuts to the boy that we saw earlier in the movie, kind of like, you know, four years older, and just kind of like looking at, like staring fucking daggers at his dad, and then it just like slowly fades out on him in that way, which is like, again, it's like that film language, like, we didn't directly say what's going on, but if you're paying attention, you know yeah, what There's a lot of background <laughs> stuff that I'm like just now catching as, as we discuss it. Yeah, I was more it, focused it, on the, good... the death, and I'm like, oh. There goes sis. It's such an interestingly subtle movie, right? Because yeah, yeah if you're, yeah, like, because if you're just like in the scene, it just kind of seems like, oh man, it's sad that that happened, and this guy's sad. But like, wait, you were the abusive asshole. I'm not sympathetic for you. <laughs> wait a Hold minute. On. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, t- I take back my feelings. Taking it back. Yeah, exactly. I take it back. I don't feel bad for you. Oh my God. You and caused then, this problem. And then the next scene, I will say that this music is a little, like, a little cheesy and a little like low. Oh no, the, the, how it sounds this movie like. has a lot of cheesy music. And I, I meant like, to point it out up, earlier. It's, it, it's very odd, like the the soundtrack yeah, at, used in this film or the score. Yeah, yeah. At the beginning, it sounded like uh, I straight up, straight up and down. It sounded like is this like a weird like rip off soundtrack of the American Beauty soundtrack? Because that's what it sounded like. The Yo, do, 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 oh my god, do, 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 it is. Did, did it sound like it? It's a, it's a fucking <laughs> great value, American Beauty. Right. <laughs> I guess that's what you'd have to. It's you know, it's African American beauty. <laughs> it's African American. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. We've got the alternative title, <laughs> which, given the context, kind of. Well, it, it, especially in how it's showing, like, yeah, the the suburban lifestyle, but from the perspective of these black people. Yeah, uh, um, uh, especially of the parents and like how it involves like their kids. Like, wow, it is kind of African American beauty. Right, uh, right. Um, we, fucking, is, we fucking cracked the code. Are we at the have? Hey, are we at the part about? Hey guys, you can you can watch a movie that's like American Beauty, but without having to look at you know the star of American Beauty. <laughs> <laughs> oh really? Who's in it? Whoopi Goldberg. All right, you got me. You got me intrigued. <laughs> yeah. Um. Are we at the um, part about 
the the boys celebrating his birthday or is the is that uh, oh we skipped that we skipped oh, that yeah uh, be, we got to talk about that I, see I, I didn't know how to feel about it it's so it's such a strange scene. because so okay the the so the boy is um hanging out with he's hanging out with his uh, uh Japanese friend yeah which I um, I didn't know that they had Japanese neighbors up until this explicit moment. And well, see, yeah, see, Asian people are, are okay in the white neighborhoods, I guess. Because I, I, uh, they look different from us, but they, they're working hard, so they're allowed to be here. You know, it's that sort of thing. Yeah. Something, something, <laughs> model minority. But uh, anyways. Yeah, yeah precisely. Yeah. But um, so so they're like playing, I think, a, a game or watching. I know they're watching TV uh, at his house. But they're playing a game earlier, and I think yeah. as like later in the night they're watching, they're clearly watching like some sort of Skinamax thing. Right. And so... um. Because he's like, oh shit, we don't have cable yet. I, I think, I think either his friend is getting ready. No, his mom is the friend's mom is getting his ready to go to bed. His friend passes out. Yeah, yeah. His friend passes out, and she's and like, no, Tom, no, too. Can you like, help me upstairs with something? And I'm like, Yeah, it's like she needs to. She's doing some sort of sculpture work with naked bodies. Yes, and she just needs, just needs Tom, a model to help her finish. And so here's <laughs> here's the series of notes that I wrote for this. The first sentence is regular. The next five are all caps. It was, what the fuck this Asian lady got him doing? Ayo, what? She sucked his dick. Man, I don't know how about how to feel about this one. Because then you find out, oh, wait, it was your 17th, 17th birthday. birthday. Wait. Uh, wait, you just turned 17? Oh. And I'm like, I'm like, ooh, because... Here's, and and, the, and it just jump cuts to him on a bike, biking home, happy as shit. Yeah. Uh, and you hear the fucking hallelujah. Yeah. Literally, they play the hallelujah yes. music. <laughs> and and I'm sitting here and I'm just like, I'm, I'm of two minds of this. Because the adult in me is like, that's wrong. That's gross. Right. Right. All of, all of the no's. This is, this is wrong. This is gross. Like modern 2021 context. But I'm also like, I'm seeing it from his perspective in that yeah. moment and it's it's different because i remember what i was like when when i'm a 17 year old boy <laughs> right so it's like it's a mix of minds because they're like i get it but as an adult you're like that's not right and it also doesn't really contribute anything to the plot yeah, see that's what i was thinking it's just, like, <laughs> just, just kind of happens especially because like, like yeah she's not white she's Asian and this has yeah no there's like no subtext yeah yeah what is the, that that's what what's I the message like, here? It feel like it matters yeah that this is happening like oh wow I guess we ne- you never thought about Asian and black relationships huh but they don't really have relationships yeah, it's kind of like this it's it's just he gets birthday mouth present from his best friend's mom which i'm like bruh that's your friendship is eternally changed and you can't say shit where your mom at niggas where your mom at bro why you keep asking about mom bro you will never hang out no more hey don't you got like uh, football practice or something Always asking, but oh, but yeah, the scene after that, directly after, is the reason I realized, holy shit, they have a kitchen on the second floor because they're making yes, a birthday he... pancake. They're like, "Come on in, son." He's like, "Well, let me go shower first. I'm like, "Right, huh, and, and, I know what that means." Like, ah, son, come on through. Sit on down. This is your day. I, I'm making you breakfast today. I'm making you some pancakes. This is how it's going down because I'm respecting you, you know. And uh, the. Of course, Whoopi Goldberg comes in, the one who's actually able to, you know, suss out, like, something is going on. Yeah, something's amiss. Like, like, 
She goes like, hey, honey. And she goes in for the full back hug and be like, happy birthday. She can smell the pussy on You're right. I was like, oh. This little nigga's been fucking. (laughs) But I love how, like, the dad totally doesn't get it the whole scene. Missed the whole thing. But Whoopi's like, yeah, maybe you should go take a shower. Thanks, mom. (laughs) Oh, man. And, oh, but this is what I love, though. Um, af- after the the scene of the woman uh, uh, being kind of like cartered away uh, after, uh, after she has you know the husband yeah. like the dickhead but is you know getting sympathy in the moment right mm-hmm. uh, like it fades out and then cuts to again that cheesy jaunty music while the camera but it's like at first when you hear the music it's just like oh my god this music feels so awkward playing right after this moment but then as the camera slowly pans over we're seeing that you know it's in this uh, courtroom where. Uh, uh, Tom is a judge and he is just looking at this black man on the stand and that's sort of like the way this judge is looking at this black man on the stand mm-hmm. he is straight up fucking that nigga is guilty <laughs> I got the rope right here <laughs> like you know f- fucking uh, what was that Rick and Morty scene is like before I hear this case I would like to let you guys know that I find you both very guilty you know <laughs> <laughs> and, and then it, it pans over to this all white jury <laughs> like and so it's like the the black man who has achieved you know he's coming to his own like respectfully looking over shamefully at this uh, like poor black dude trying to come up with excuses for why you know he, he's in the latest pickle that he's in and then panning over to the all white jury it's just like oh this nigga don't stand a chance like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a rap for him it's a rap for my boy. <laughs> It is what it is, my boy. And then in that, yeah, again, it's like a montage moment where, like, uh, the daughter Stormy tries to get a job at a modeling agency, but, you know, it doesn't work out because, you know. We know why. (laughs) Yeah, we know. know. (laughs) I think you do. (laughs) They said they didn't like my hair. Yep. That's what it was. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) Funny Um, that. Uh, Yeah. And so the, uh, the, her, now, Whoopi's, uh, you know, white friends the next day kind of come over and everyone is talking the news about how uh, the, the the dude whose wife committed suicide is moving out. Mm-hmm. He wants to move to California. And, you know, it's like, you know, he really wants to get away from, uh, you know, the house because, you know, too many bad memories. He's having like a garage sale kind of selling all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he's so willing to move out. You know, he's so willing to move to Cali. He was willing to take a, you know, below market offer. You know, he's willing to take, you know, less than 10% uh, than what it's worth. And the fact that... You know, what's worst of all is that he's willing, he was willing to sell the house to Crisp. And it's just like, Gasp. What? what? Yeah, it's like, what? Whoa. Whoopi's like, she already has a house on the street, doesn't she? And it was just like, yeah, well, I don't know. She's getting another one, I guess. Or it's insanity. Or blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, it feels kind of weird. He's like, yeah, why would you need two houses? Like, I'm say, what's going on? What? what? <laughs> but. I think it was just because, like, she has a... I think it's implied she has a big family, and so the idea is that, yeah, like, probably move getting another house... For her family. Yeah, yeah. To, to, you know, probably the rest of the people that were at that cookout and everything, so it's... A, exactly. It's like, you know, if... Actually, when I get money, I put my family on, which... It's, it's, a, it's a noble see, sentiment. See? That, that, that's the shit I'm talking about. Like, you know, we don't really get her story, but, like, she sounds like a solid person yeah. if you just fucking talk to her. You know? <laughs> like I have a note saying, the way Danny Glover says these niggas is simultaneously disrespectful and hilarious. Just right. It's so, like, spitefully disparaging. Like, he's not a part of... He's like, these niggas. <laughs> yeah, but but it, I think what's funny is, it, is it's just, like, especially this quote-unquote respectable, like, older black man, but, like, 
going into a goddamn like just hissy fit and just being so immature yes. over these black people getting to be on the same footing as him and not having to hop through the same hurdles. You I, know? I'm the only token in this Chuck E. Cheese joint, bitch. Right. <laughs> so what happens next is uh, we, we have a dream flashback where it kind of fully explains uh, his sort of uh, anxiety yes. and especially the sort of red tent that kind of comes up in his face every time like something kind of like bothers him, you know, or, or gets to him emotionally. Um, and then, uh, so in the, in the flashback, yeah, it's, it cuts back again to the sort of, uh, you know, him as a, as a young lad looking quite pleased with himself that he had won over this white kid mess, messing up the word at the spelling bee, you know, he's just like, Haha, yeah, all right. And then it cuts to like, uh, the, him in a car mm-hmm. with uh you know this older white dude drinking some fucking gin and passing it to to his kid who clearly is not 18 yet and he's yep. like you know, like taking a swig and they're in this truck and they're you know going out to the middle of nowhere and there's all these like white dudes are like in front of him you know this black man and they're like yeah get him up like put him up put yeah get the thing around him and put him out and you know putting the gun up to him and telling him mm-hmm. like go over there near the tree and uh someone throws like a bottle at him and so like it cuts, it, like, the glass cuts into right above his eye, and the blood yeah. starts spilling into his eyes. So, like, that, like, kind of explains why he's kind of, like, seeing red in these weird sort of, like, moments, right? And so, uh, you know, yeah, they're like, oh, you know, this uppity duppity nigger, you know, thinks he's better than my boy, you know? <laughs> he, he ain't gonna, you know, do this. He thinks he's better than me, bye, 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 bye. And, uh... In, in the heat of the moment, someone goes like, oh, I don't give a shit if he's better than your boy. Let's just do what we got to do. And the dude turns around like, hey, don't you talk wise about my boy. And like, World star. Mouth and like, yeah, <laughs> these white dudes are united in their hatred of black people because they are, you know, racist, racist. self-hating people. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know, I want to hang him. No, I want to hang him. It's like yeah, exactly. Okay. Like they can't even fucking coordinate for this. Right? I mean, which so, two, you know, yeah, Django kind of lampoons that. It's like the 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 idiocy yeah. of of racism is so bad that it literally causes infighting. Yeah, it, they're incompetent at the racism. Right. It's like, damn, you're functionally incompetent with your own bigotry. That's that's like an imp- impressive in a negative way. Yeah, and so uh, from that, like, you know, he sees this scuffle happening, and he's like, he sees, like, the river, there's, like, a river behind him that's, like, really dark because it's nighttime, so he just, like, jumps back into the river, and like, oh, shit, he got away, god damn it, and they're, like, busting off guns trying to find him, and he, like, you know, swims, uh, like, he's able to get to the other side, and, uh, you know, he, like comes across some razor wire where he can like get the fucking um the rope off that it was uh yeah. had, a, had his hands tied behind his back and he starts running off and he gets onto a chicken truck and uh that's where he actually like yeah. later on when he gets off the chicken truck that's where he meets uh whoopee so it's kind of like a oh shit like that was on his brain yep. <laughs> when he met this woman like Tra- trauma and and yeah exactly um and so you know uh tom hears about this right like Holy shit, these, you know, they're getting getting another house? Fucking Tom won't stand for it, right? Right. Uh, So, yeah, so he gets his little uh, monologue scene uh, as he is breaking into this woman's house that she just bought but hasn't moved into yet. Yeah, so it's still empty. So there's no no, uh, potential, you know, physical victims. Yeah, and he starts, like, just spraying gasoline all over, you know, the floors. Yep. And, uh, and and this is where the the the, uh, the triggering of that scene happens, yeah, because he sees like a uh, 
what do you call it? He sees like one of the blinds that has like a puller on it, and it kind of like in the oh, shadow yeah, of the moonlight. Yeah, yeah, it kind of looks like a noose. And so, um, in the in the in the yeah, shadow of moonlight. That makes sense, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because the moonlight is yeah, yeah. yeah it's it it's yeah, it's in the like rope, that. and it, it's in the shape yeah, of a, yeah. it's in the shape of a noose, and that they remind him. Yeah, and so he walks into the scene, and you hear him talking about how, like you know these black people who come to my court and just make excuses for their bullshit, you know, eyes lowered, back more bent than step and fetch it. And this is like, holy shit. Like the fucking visceral hatred, the bile that is like basically spewing from this person's mouth. And it's just like, it's like this coon lottery winner missed the point that my son also missed. That uh, this is the complexity we must deal with by being black and living uh, and living a watched life. Yep. We are outlined in red on maps that we will never see. We are circled in photos for which we did not pose. And it's just like sort of like it's like him laying out his whole mentality. It's like this is why this can't stand. This is why we because don't you understand that these white people are looking for any reason to hate us, so we have to be on our, on our best behavior. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's that sort of fucking. Um, you know, mentality that he's kind of having, right? Uh, but the funny thing about it is, it's just like, but you were being the best, 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 best black person you could be during this, you know, uh, 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 spelling bee, and these white people still hated you. Like, like, come on, man, follow the logic, <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, it's um, it's it's definitely a, a flawed logic, and the things I kind of wanted to talk about. Yeah, because but, if a white dude thinks that, like, no, I'm supposed to be better than you, they don't fucking care, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know? So it ends up being like a, almost like a negative rat race. But the the thing that I think is interesting yeah. between the flashback and the monologue is like the flashback really reinforces how trauma can kind of shape and impact how we end up viewing ourselves. But it also shows yeah. how close in timeline this is, especially given Whoopi and yeah. Danny are both still alive. So this realistically could have happened to both of them at any point. Oh yeah, because yeah, yeah. Because uh, the spelling bee was uh, 1955 when it happened. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that wasn't that long ago. No. Yeah, relative to their lives, yeah. Yeah, so like, and um, this is right after the spelling bee when he met Mabel. So, uh, right. yeah. And you know, this is pretty it, sure this is before Brown versus Board of Education. So, uh. Right. And, and it's just like, but it's just so jarring to be like, and because of this experience that you had with these white people hating you. That's why you're burning down this black woman's house? Are you nuts? Are you mad? Like, you know, like, you fucking egotist, you piece of shit. Yeah, you know? and, and it's like how you how you manage your trauma really kind of important. Because, like, he's, all, he's like... Well, because he justifies it, right? This, like, this right. isn't traumatic. This is, this makes sense, you know? This is logical. This, like, this is right? the only you know? way I can process it is, like, there has to be some yeah. sort of order to it, right? Like, it, it, it must yeah. be because I'm a bad person, not just because they senselessly hate me. It's like, no, this is racism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just sort of like, I got to prove myself. But it's like, it's that same thing where it's like, it's a two months where it's like, I got to prove myself to these white people. But, you know, you see earlier in the movie, he's still kind of like, oh, but these white people, you know, they, they mad that I'm getting mine. So there's like that one level. Again, it's like the individual blackness where it's like, I'm better than these white people by how good I had to be. Yes. But there's still that level of like, but I still need to make sure that nobody, you know, pull, pulls my card and, and, and pulls me back down. Right. That's yep. the whole hatred that he has for these people. Oh, my God. If these black people, you know, move in, we're, we're going to look we're like finished. just like them, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's what he keeps bringing up. Like, if, if they move in, we are... He keeps tying 
his like his trauma, his experience success as an individual to them. It was just like yeah. two different fucking people. You know, it's just so which it's like, like which you see, yeah. No, it it, it makes sense because there's you know you have conversations even today about like how black people are not a monolith, but at the same time we can also be critical of others yeah. that may not ascribe to the same. Uh, cultural beliefs yeah. to and, an extent and you know what what is the whole thing right you remember that chris rocks get where it's like you know we're always trying to get there and what's keeping us from getting there and it's like you know we did this thing we took two steps forward but then you know the sauce awards happened with a whole bunch of niggas getting shut up and you know we we got taken back five fifty steps you know what i'm saying like right it's that sort of like by uh, other black people showing their ass that's that's you know keeping me from being respected yes right? like it's it's like yeah. the, the actions the actions of a bunch of individuals hold back the race which impacts me as an individual. But even that logic doesn't make any goddamn sense. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> it, it's just fucking. It's it, it's, it, it, it's it motherfuckers make feelings, man. Yeah, because it's um, just like it's like oh, I don't want to be the bad seed that makes all black people. It's like uh, it, you know what? It ties directly into what we what we'll touch on later with uh the the writer. Uh, well, one of the writers, Trey Ellison, he has he has like a mm. an interesting commentary about just like um, the current step or what he perceives. I think he called it the NBA. It's like the new black uh, something. So it has to do a lot with like cultural dynamics and optics. So kind mm. of this idea of one black person that is acceptable to both black and white people versus the black person that tries to be accepted and fails at both. And I'm like, Oh, it's like Will Smith versus Carlton, <laughs> but we'll, we'll, we'll dig into that after like we get to the end, but yes, yes. He sets the house on fire. <laughs> yes. Uh, he sets the fucking house on fire. And then he goes to the fucking, uh, he goes back to his house, climbs in the bed, lays next to Mabel and just stares at her. And it's like, we don't get it clear that he's doing that at first. Cause it's kind of like just showing him like getting into the bed and just seeing her like waking up. And she, like, you know, kind of puts on her glasses and kind of, like, looks over at him. And the way he looks at her, like, I thought mm -hmm. he was asleep. I thought, like, he was going, like, oh, I was just asleep. I wasn't doing nothing, you know. But, like, she kind of looks over and his eyes are wide awake. Like, kind of creepy looking. Like, he looks yeah. like, he looks like he's dead. Like, he looks like he's just, like, like, he just died in that moment. Just died of the grim satisfaction of what he did, you know. And, uh, and, like, as, you know, you're seeing him, like, looking at her, you hear, mm -hmm. like, fire trucks, you know, pulling up. And she goes, like, oh. And, like, in the internal monologue, he's like, oh, no, no, no. Tell me you didn't do what you did, Tom. No. And, you know, she uh, she gets out and, you know, she kind of sees, like, ah, shit. Like, yeah, she opens the, uh, uh, the curtains and you see, like, the really, like, you know, fucking money shot of the house ablaze. Um, <laughs> like, damn, what the hell is that in the distance? Oh, nothing. <laughs> right. Just go yeah. to sleep. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, it kind of cuts to the next morning, and, you know, it's kind of like uh, the fire's out, but it's still kind of like smoking. And she sees the investigator, the fire investigator, walking up uh, to that house, and then she sees him, like, turning to walk to her house, and she's like, oh, no, no, go away, go away, don't come here. Yeah, it was like, please turn around, please turn around, please. It was like, damn it, I'm black, he'll see me. Of course yeah, the fire is, you know, subsided and it's like the next night, the next time we see him, he's like sweating, sick as a dog, like sweating and groaning and just kind of like, oh, you know, he's just like, mama, no. it seems like he's kind of like mildly delusional. Yeah, I think he way, goes you know? catatonic for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, just and cycling. 
Yeah, and now she says he has a spastic colon, and maybe that's what it was, or maybe it was a cover-up. I can't remember. I, but I, uh, I felt like it was a cover-up. Yeah, but she she's, like, cleaning up some sort of spot that I don't know why she would be cleaning up. Like, the maid's right there, and she's like, what? I can do it. She's like, no, I got it, I got it. Um, I, I thought maybe she was cleaning up, I don't know, like a <laughs> gasoline sort of a smell or something like that. Right. Oh, but, I thought um, she was, too. Either that or, like, footprints or anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so while she's cleaning up, uh, the son comes over and he's like jamming these papers like in her face and be like, Hey mom, I need you to sign the paper. Like she's kind of seems like she's out of it. And she's like, Hey mom, mom, I need you to sign the paper. Right. You know, and she's like, oh, what, 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 what? And, um, she's like, Oh, Oh, okay. We got to do this. All right. Let's, well, okay. Let's go to your father. And you know, he's like watching TV, just kind of watching his soaps or whatever. And she's going like, uh, uh, you know, I need you, he needs you to sign the papers, Tom. He's not going to Princeton. He's going to Morehouse. And yep. she's like saying it in that sort of like, I'm saying this calm, but you need to understand that this is what's going to happen right now. <laughs> you know, like, I don't, don't make a big fucking deal out of it. This is what he wants to do. Yeah, this is what he wants. <laughs> you know? And it's come up a couple times in the movie too about him being like, well, why would you want to go to one of those HBCUs when you could, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, be, you know, live, live life amongst the normal white people and right. be accepted into the society. You know, you don't have to just be associated with those black people. You can be above them, uh, one would say. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think he's, uh, so, yeah, we're basically getting to the, the, uh, denouement of the movie because, like, after the fire, it's kind of like, oh shit, wow, you really showed your ass. Like, that's more than just, you know, being, being a bigot, you know, that that's like fucking doing something to actively, like, make people's lives worse. Like, whoa, you are a piece of shit, like, officially, officially, you know? You know what I'm saying? And this is what I think is funny. Uh, Tom basically doesn't get anything that he really wants when it comes to his family. Like, he gets no, he the doesn't success. really. Yeah, he gets the success of living in the nice neighborhood, but when it comes to his son, he goes to the HBCU and he's making up with this super Afrocentric chick, right? He has a um, damn Kama Sutra on his wall. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, bro, <laughs> what, I'm like, how did you, I need to know what what chapter of the game this was? Because I'm like, I don't not not in my college experience. It, looked, it was the 70s. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm like, this got to be an element of the 70s because not when I went to yeah, almost definitely. went to college in the 2010s. I got 17, you know, uh, 17 different positions on a post to be like, yeah, girl, I'm gonna do one, three, and six tonight. Like, <laughs> that's what I'm. Fe- that's my energy's feeling. Right. So, um, so there's but that. Yeah, Stormy. Oh God. Uh, she so oh. straight up like she's trying to look like Farrah Fawcett with the blonde hair the, and one contact islands looking blue. Yeah. This shit made me depressed. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that, oh, and it cut back to it like twice too. Yeah, because it showed her putting in the blue contacts, and I'm like, oh, honey, <laughs> oh, baby girl, no. Like my soul <laughs> died. What did I put? The downfall of Stormy is a tragedy with almost zero dialogue. To to it about cultural assimilation and misogynist impact on black women like it hurt my soul to and it was it wasn't even long it was two like three second shots yeah yeah, the mom was trying to call her and it was just like cutting back to her like clearly not answering and neither Um, was the neither was the son you know what it was this is the backstory to uncle ruckus's mother (laughs) remember because that's exactly how she looked i do think that's kind of funny though because it's like you know, all this time, right, like, 
you know, I mean, the only, you know, interaction they have with their kids is like, now how are you going to prove that you're going to be better than, you know, the white people now? You know, how are you going to prove that you're going to be better than black people now? Like, you know, you better be about to prove yourself. You know, it's just all that. And then as soon as these kids can get away from you, they're not talking to you. Nope. Because <laughs> like, you were just treating me like a fucking project, you know? Yeah. Just being and, the best of the best of the best, sir. And, they, and it's like, okay, we, we don't have a relationship. You know, you just have expectations, you know? Right. And they just, they just went in like pure opposite directions. Like, yeah, his son went to the blackity blackest place with the blackity blackest right, women. Right, got the chick with the Afrocentric, yeah, you know, right. wig, you know what I'm saying? And then his daughter just went full tilt boogie Barbie doll, and she's lost. Right. Lost into the, the void. And, um, but it's like, and, and he didn't want and, and, either one of those things. Right. This is the opposite of what his pro, of what he wanted of his progeny in both respects. Yes. It, it, it's kind of interesting because it seems contradictory, right? Like, yes. you know, he didn't want his son to be blackity black and he didn't want his daughter to be... Why did he white? Wiggity white. You know, but he got the bo- the worst of both worlds because he's a shitty parent. <laughs> right. Cause, yeah, because he, he... And that's a thing I noticed about the movie is... Um, not to say that Danny Glover's not in it a lot because he is, and it does give a good a lot of attention to it. But in terms of him interacting with his family, he's almost kind of absent. Well, and you know that is kind of like a staple of like you know the old type of uh, right, like know, a family, patriarchal right? home is like, like he works and comes yeah, home. Yeah, and and I'm providing for my family, yes. so I don't need to fucking hug you every day. Okay, that is me hugging yeah, you the, every day. All right, when yeah, you've got you those, know what's love the ceiling. The clothes, exactly. the food. It's like, the, the, yeah, the, but yeah, yeah okay. The comforter that you feel every night that you put over you, that's your hug. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, and so it's that sort of like, you know, um, you know, disconnect that, that's happening. And then at the end, uh, Monique comes by and, yep. you know, Monique and Whoopi have a com- combo and it's actually a really, you know, nice, uh, friendly conversation where she's like, oh yeah, you know, um, like, I'm, I like doing this thing that keeps my uh, clothes clean, and it's a real cheap way of, like, you know, doing it. And Whoopi's like, whoa, but I thought you were a millionaire. What do you need to do this cheap way for? And he's like, yeah, I, I'm a millionaire, and I intend on staying one. Yes. Like, you know, most most black folks, they hit the number, they end up in the poorhouse, but that ain't going to be me. And, again, you get another little aspect of her character. It's just like, oh, well, you are an intelligent person. Like, you're not just fucking around out here. You're not just, like, no. you know, spinning willy-willy. You are trying to be smart about your you know, new station in life. And she would have never known that. And Tom doesn't know that if he wouldn't have fucking talked to her. <laughs> and, and I think that's another element that kind of like from, from the perspective of the person who doesn't know her, she just looks like the random quote unquote ghetto hood rat type of black lady, but she's right. pretty smart. And like, she's like, yeah, I have money and I know what it's like to not be in a great position. And I like to keep my money. Yeah, so I'm going to be smart about how I do how shit. I spend it's it. Like, oh, you know, right. if I know an affordable way to get my keep my hair done well, I'm going to use it or to clean my floor. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, why doesn't anyone talk about that? Like it's yeah, it's yeah. like yeah, on the it's like you have these preconceived notions about how she is, but it's like no. Mm. Every black person that gets rich isn't just like some party throwing money burner. You know, we, right. we don't know. Everybody ain't fucking gangsta delicious. Yeah, not everybody's fucking MC <laughs> oh, Hammer. Excuse me, Thugnificent. 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 <laughs> gangsta delicious. Fucking gangsta. Homies over hoes. Um, but. 
<laughs> those fucking names, Thugnificent and uh, Gangstalicious. Yes. Like, I love the, like, you know, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, black, uh, word associated with black people and, uh, you know, uh, what's... Uh, and, uh, like, the end, like, a suffix, almost. Yeah, the ending suffix, yeah. <laughs> um... But, uh, yeah, wait, was there something that you wanted to say, actually? Because I've, I've basically run out of uh, notes at this point, I think. <laughs> um, I mean, I think the last thing the for, for Whoopi was just talking about how, like, Maple's burgeoning with Ruth was just very pleasant to It was to such watch. a nice way to end the movie, it, yeah. It, it, like, it, you know, the way things end with Tom's relationship with his kids is, like, I, I guess disheartening because you see that he failed as a, as a father, but then it kind of ends on a bit of an upward note because you see Mabel might have a new friend because she's kind of stepping out of the bounds of uh, stereotyping, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, yeah, and, and in leading fact, into Tom's yeah, preconceived fact, notions. Yeah, and in fact, uh, like, what happens is, uh, yeah, Ruth kind of, like, you know, takes off the hat she's wearing, and it's like a funky fucking 70s-looking hat, you know. Yeah. She takes it off, and she's kind of like, the reason why I'm wearing this is because she's kind of realized, like, I got a fucking rat vest up here because yeah. I can't get to a fucking nice beauty shop in the area, you know one? And she's like, hmm, I know a person, though. Like, there's none in the area, but I know a person, so I can hook you up with that, and da-da-da-da. And she goes like, oh, I would really appreciate that. So it's like they're having, like, a legit, you know, black-to-black person-connecting moment. It's like, yeah. hey, there's a thing that we as black people need to get access to. Hair. And I'm going to help you out with that, because that's what we do, you know? like Right. And and the way the scene ends is her, like, she's about to leave, so it's like, oh, you know, like, here's uh, this thing that, you know, you can get help out with this, and I'll, I'll get out of your hair. I'll, I'll get out of your hair. And then, like, Whoopi stops her and goes like, hey, you know, I was just about to make some coffee. You want to stick around for a second? He goes like, I'd like that. You know, and it's just like mm-hmm. they go to like hang out and just kind of like, uh, you know, kind of pulls out of the house and kind of fades like that. Where it's just like this weirdly sincere, like nice moment, you know, after all of this turmoil, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's 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 like a pretty earnest, nice, sincere moment. Like it's one of the things that is like weirdly satisfying about this movie is, you know, yeah, it's it's dealing with uh, racism in the 70s, but in, in a more subtle, less overt way outside of speed racist in the parking lot. Um, <laughs> there's just a lot of moments of seeing like black people be happy or black people be like, OK, it's like, it's yeah, it, it tackles racism in a way that's a little bit more nuanced than something like. Like if you're looking at like a Selma, it's it's atypical in the way it tackles <laughs> it. I get what you're saying. It doesn't treat it like it's uh uh, uh what's the word uh, that they say like um something porn. Uh, oh, trauma porn. Trauma porn. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't necessarily paint it that way. It gives you the real story of these people's lives in a true way. But yeah, it doesn't just make it about look at the worst or the worst or the worst. It's yeah. just like, huh, isn't that, wait, was that racist? Cause, yeah, because oh, it's, that? But, realistically, that's what you're going to think. For 20 minutes. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're going to be like, it's like, damn, was that, was that racist? And like the only other elements there is just like, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of subtext to a lot of things. There's like, yeah. there's domestic abuse in here. There's racism. There's mas- uh, massage noir. Like there's a, there's a yeah. lot of different shit in here that it, there's trauma like full blown PTSD informed by like race yeah, racism there, yeah. from like race based trauma from a literal murder attempt on somebody's life. Um, yeah. So you know, there's. I mean, if you want to get technical, there's statutory rape, but 
Yeah. Um, so it's like there's it a really lot. It is everything, isn't it? Right. Oh, my God. It is like American uh, beauty. Oh, God. It is. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking African-American beauty. We've been trying to tell you. Uh, look at that, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot that kind of goes on under the surface when you really dig into the movie, which I, I, I didn't get really until we, you know, kind of unpacked it part by part. Um, the thing I did want to bring up, though, is one of the writers for this, uh, Trey Ellis. I'm not, because uh, I had two writers. It's Trey Ellis and Erica Ellis. Um, I'm not oh, sure. sure. Brother-sister team? What is that? Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure, because I can't find her. I'm, I'm assuming she's connected to him somehow. <laughs> but that would um, be weird if people have it like we have some, we have the exact same last name yeah it's like oh funny that no it just happened do, do you know my cousin uh, but answer that i really want to check out so i have his wikipedia page in front of me and i was like reading through it i'm like who is this guy uh so uh, he had asshole yeah it's like who who's the guy that made this because honestly coming out of the movie i was responsible <laughs> i was i wasn't a huge fan of the movie coming out but now with us having discussed it i'm like oh there's a lot of shit here um, so I, I, I think I've actually turned around on it, but he has this, uh, wait, wait, you say you didn't like it at first. It's, it's not that I, I disliked it. I just kind of walked away. I'm just like, meh. I mean, it, I didn't have any complaints. It was just, I, I think it was. Like, it doesn't hit you hard be- at first because it is such a slice of life feeling movie. And you know? I think that's what it is, is because like everything that goes on in this film is it's not overt. It's subtextual. So you actually, it's yeah. a thinking man's movie. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and digging into like, just taking a glance at like Trey Ellis's, you know, he writes, he's, uh, he's an, an American novelist, screenwriter, professor, playwright, and essayist. So yeah. gives you a, a little bit of insight into what he's done. And he, he also, uh, he did the Tuskegee Airmen project. He did this, oh, did, shit. did a co-wrote a movie called the Inkwell, but he has something called the new black aesthetic. Oh shit. Uh, the NBA, mm. which mm. describes the I'm reading directly here. It describes the change in the overall image of blackness that has emerged in our society in the past few decades. So in the essay, he argues that there's a broader way to characterize the middle class blacks of today. And with this new characterization become uh, creates a new aesthetic movement. So he's talking about like the new cultural aesthetic of black people, which when he wrote this kind of can tie directly into this movement or not this movement, the movie. Because it's about, you know, a upper middle class black family or like, so it's like middle class blacks have a different understanding of their cultural environment in relation to the past. And it it keeps evolving as time goes on. So he's writing this in like the 80s and 90s. And he has this idea called the cultural mulatto. Um, So it refers to a black individual who possesses this ability to thrive and successfully exist in a white society while simultaneously maintaining all facets of their complex cultural identity. And he said there's two types. I mean, we could call that like code switching on a certain level, right? Like, Yeah, and, and it, yeah. it kind of is. And he's, he's talking about these two types, you know, the thriving hybrids and the neutered mutants, which when when I read through like the, the way it was defined, you know, on Wikipedia, because um, it makes me want to mm-hmm. check out the book. And I'm like, oh, it's kind of like the difference between Will Smith and Alfonso Ribeiro. <laughs> as as ironic Wait, as it you could mean possibly Will get. Smith, I mean Will Smith, Will the Smith person. In oh, oh oh see, I, I thought you were talking about Will Smith in uh, Fresh Prince. No no no, it, yeah there's in. yeah there's a spe- so yeah um because that's a specific dynamic too. <laughs> right right, and so like Will Smith, he, he's defining them as like culturally multiracial, um 
in a sense, but he's, you know, the, the tragic mulatto is an individual who, while struggling to fit into white culture, alienates him or herself from black culture. While a, a thriving hybrid is somebody that managed to kind of be able to embrace their blackness uh, while still being accepted by white people. And when I thought about it, I'm like, that kind of fits both of them. Because, like, I'm not going to say that Will Smith has transcended race, but it's not something that's often brought up to for him. Yeah, but it is like it's a thing like like the fact that he is a rapper, the fact that yeah. he say you know, woo ha ha, like that is a yeah. hip hop thing and is accepted. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, it's like, but yeah, he's allowed to be you know movie star Will Smith. Yeah, yeah, and then Alfonso Ribeiro, Mr. July Fourth himself. You know, yeah. yeah. So like Will Smith was able to kind of take his career and, and go with it, and both white and black people for the most part like him. Alfonso Ribeiro. You know, he not as much. I would say I think he's still kind of struggling to get out of the shadow of Carlton, and he yeah, oh, most definitely. I think that's just kind of what happens. Like yeah, fucking, uh, and he has a I white wife, so with... it's like I think that plays a role in the optics of it too. Yeah. I mean, I think the same thing. What happened to Jaleel White, right? Like, yeah, he literally had to buff up and be like, "Stop fucking, I'm <laughs> bitch! I'm Sonic the Hedgehog." <laughs> Uh, right. See, that's what he should have fucking rolled with that more. Like, God damn right. it, you're Sonic the Hedgehog, motherfucker. He's like, come on, bro. I'm <laughs> Sonic like, the Hedgehog. No, I'm, I'm not him in the movie. <laughs> but, but I thought both of these were, were uh, interesting ideas. And then thinking about them in the, in the context of the movie, especially this whole idea of a new black aesthetic. Because I, I think he called it in like the post soul era of black culture, um, which probably the soul era probably would have been like ending around the, the 70s so it's like think about like you oh, and, yeah of course so like you and i would probably fit somewhere along some of these confines if we're using this as like a metric of of you know cultural relatability but the Ooh. observation of a black family their existence in a uh uh what's what i'm looking for in like an upper middle class you know suburb yeah space where, where assimilation is a part of it's the name of the game to a certain yes. degree like yeah so like upper middle class blacks now versus upper middle class blacks yeah. then are dealing with two different types of black yeah. culture and i'd I'm, say i mean it's like you yeah yeah uh, i was just gonna say like you can be super black in this white space if you want to but everyone's gonna look at you and you're gonna yeah. be othered more you know it's that sort of feeling Right, yeah. and and so it's like when I was looking at these elements of his works, I'm like, there's a lot of that kind of going on here to an extent, yeah. because it's like logical uh, exploration of that, yeah, yeah. So it's you know, and and especially thinking about like Tom's relationship with his race versus uh, um, Mabel's versus their kids, like everybody in that family yeah. grapples with their racial identity yeah. very differently, they like. Yeah, they all have different, yeah, yeah. Like, Tom almost Aspects sees it as, like, facets. a hindrance. Um, Mabel kind of sees it as something that's observable, but, you know, it, it it's kind of informs, but kind of doesn't. Um, Tom, too, embraces it, and then, like, Stormy rejects it. Yeah, yeah. I th and she does it in a more, like, she's not trying to be, like, uh, I just want to be white. Like, that's not what she's actively no. saying. She's just saying, uh, why do I have to think about race all the time? Why can it not be a big deal? But it's just like that sort of, you know, it's like when you act like something isn't a problem, then it's going to affect you just in the way that you're not thinking about, you know? Right. 
because because to her it's just like well normal is to wear this oh I want to get the job I got to put on the white girl you know yep. uh, wig the, and whatnot. the blonde like, wig and the blue do. it's like I want to be a cheerleader right well I have to dress like this and talk like this and act like this and yeah. that's okay and with me not, yeah and it's just not actively thinking about because you know I mean she is a kid relatively so she doesn't have right. like the direct you know, connection with why it, it like identity is important in relation to blackness, in relation to the specific history that black people have, right? Like, clearly, this is a conversation piece of a film. Definitely, even even if you have, uh, you know, listened to it with us right now, there's definitely a chance you have not seen it, and you should definitely watch it anyway. Because it, first of all, it's just a very good looking movie. Like it mm-hmm. again, Ernest Dickerson did the fucking cinematography, so it's a fucking good looking movie. Um, but also, you know, you'll fucking get something that maybe we didn't even fucking think about. It's it's that layered of a film. It is a good fucking movie. <laughs> definitely give it a, like of of the TV movies. This is definitely fucking up there. <laughs> and right. you know, that's saying not much, but also a lot because TV movies usually suck. So. <laughs> right. So um, they they had a little bit more budget. They like some of the language. I'm like, oh, they could they could get away with that. Right, well, this showtime, uh, you know, right? This ain't your TBS. <laughs> no, I'm like, damn, they can say niggas. These yeah, niggas, right, niggas. <laughs> these niggas. <laughs> Which I guess maybe on PBS you could say that, but I don't know about ABC. Uh, yeah, we go, we, you know, with a with a disclaimer, uh, uh, the language being used is culturally <laughs> important for the, you know, they gotta, <laughs> gotta let you know, like, look, <laughs> damn, is this BET? Uh, is this own? What what channel is this? <laughs> But yeah, anyways, if we if we ain't got any more notes, let's let's wrap this up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This has been the Review a New Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want to hear all the other exclusive episodes, be sure to check them out on Patreon at patreon.com slash rapcritic, where you can also, of course, get access to Rap Critic episodes early and join the RC Patreon. And until next time, I'm DJ. And I'm Will the Greatest. And how many times will a judge decide my fate? Who is he? A bitch. Nothing great. He takes shits and fucks his old floppy wife. Plays with his balls and judges my life. And who the fuck is he?